two. Hey everybody, and welcome back to Across the Airways Productions' very own Longbow Hunters, the Arrow Podcast. The podcast dedicated to covering DC Entertainment in the CW's new hit superhero TV series, Arrow. I'm your host, Michael J. Petty, and with me is my crime-busting co-host. Kim, what is going on tonight around the world? And there's a reason why I'm sitting around the world. Yes, but we will get to that in a second. Um, on this episode, guys, we and I will be covering the third episode of Arrow entitled Lone Gunman, the third digital chapter of Arrow entitled China White, and everything in between. But before we get into our little new section of the episode, we do have a special guest with us in the studio tonight. Please, everyone, welcome newcomer to Across the Airwaves, Andy Babacht. Hey Andy, how you doing? You failed that pronunciation. I'm just kidding. Oh, I was going to say, you failed the pronunciation. No, I'm just kidding. I'm doing fine. How are you doing? We're doing pretty good. Uh, Andy, do you want to tell the uh, listeners a little bit about yourself before we get into the news? Yeah. Uh, well, I'm um, I'm I'm a writer for um, Krypton Side um, slash Keyside TV, as you probably know, guys. Um, um, as as you know it, and so on. Uh, I, I write uh, reviews for Young Justice. The show is always on. It never gets on the break. <laughs> <laughs> um, I do I do a few one shots sometimes. Like I have done some on Gossip Girl and Glee, and uh, I work yeah I work for my friend Quigburn, uh, who. It's a great honor for to work with, and, and yeah, I just um, I mean, I'm going to join the whole ATA production, um, you know, as a guest host for now, and uh, as I did, um, I, I made a guest appearance appearance on um, ATA this week on once upon a once upon a time section. So um, that's the only thing I think it's more I think it's relevant to this. This, so this podcast, no one needs to know anything about me personally, just my uh, professional life. Everything is relevant here. What are you guys talking about? Everything is relevant here. <laughs> uh, okay, well, I, well, I'm um, six four, six, six four. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, no, no, that's but that's too personal. That's, about that's, it. that's too personal. That's your eHarmonyMatch.com profile, so that's not for the podcast, you know. <laughs> You can't okay. you can't even attempt to score with Katie Cassidy. That's Wu's territory. No, 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 no. I'm not I'm not worthy enough. It's like Wayne's World. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. I'm not worthy. <laughs> wow. So we got some new, so I guess we had some news about Yes um, oh. Arrow, I guess. We, may may I may I be the one who tells the you know, the big one. Sure, go ahead. He has a better well, voice than both of us, so yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, it, the, earlier this week, um, a, a pretty big news that I, uh, news came, came out by Arrow himself, uh, Stephen Amell. Uh, <laughs> the poor guy um, was was not um, informed that Arrow, Arrow had been picked up for a full season, so he was the one to actually reveal the whole um, pickup uh, while he got in some trouble by CW because he wasn't allowed to. He wasn't supposed to be the one who. Reveal it back, you know, but through Stephen Amell, we found out that Arrow has officially been picked up for a, an, a back order nine, which means we will have a full season of Arrow this, this season. Is that 22 episodes then? Not 25. No, 22, of course. Okay, I was going to say 25, yes. 
section i recorded it already uh the other day and unfortunately there's not even very much spoilers for the next episode well let's be honest guys like when we get around this time like episode three episode four all of all of like the spoilers that are gonna be out before the hiatus are out yeah. we're not gonna get any like news until like after the hiatus is over or during the hiatus even and do we know do we know what weekend the hiatus is yet? Um I I haven't heard about the hiatus. I know I think episode 9 will be um the episode that when it officially goes on a break and so on but uh, I haven't heard anything because they've been you know they they have released um the um, the, the um, some of the descriptions for the November episodes. Yeah. Uh so but you know, think about it. Again. Regard as far as news goes, um, because you know, but it's been for the last three, four weeks. It's you know, there's always been like an inter- you know, interview, like something big revealed, like you know. So I'm not actually surprised that we don't have it that much, that, that many news this week, because they they released everything you know that so far. So yeah. absolutely, I agree. I mean, um. Well, I mean, it's like anything else. Like this is a new series. There really isn't anything to to reveal, like big, big time. I mean, any because like with a new series, you release all your big news all at once because you want to get people interested, comic book or non comic book. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. So I guess that covers it for that Arrow news, basically. Um, my my next point on the news section was the DC Comics picks of the week from by me because I, I went to the comic store this week picked up a bunch of stuff and honestly guys I, I i enjoyed it so much i think you guys should probably check it out first is on, it on the website it is not on the website no but i mean if you follow me on twitter you obviously know how i feel about these books <laughs> and if you listen oh, to yeah. dc nation wait, podcast wait, wait. yeah so um yeah the books are well, there's one more thing, you know, error-related big thing, you know, that is, you know, I think, and I think someone had a big interview this week with someone. Oh, yes, yeah, yes. that's right. We, we will get to that in a second. We will get to that in a oh. second, I promise. But, well, um... He wants dramatic music, he wants, like, big streamers, well, he I, wants pyrotechnics. I, I, want, wants, like, I, want, I want to build up to it, Will. Okay. Yeah. It's just suspense now. Suspense. But before that suspense, 
Some of my co big comic book picks for this week are actually, believe it or not, Superman 13 is on there. And I've not really enjoyed the new 52 Superman all too much, any of the books. No! But, no! Yeah. I've never heard that. No! Oh, shut up. But this new this new writer, Scott Lobdell, is actually doing a great job. And I, I, I really like Superman 13. What were you saying? What? Has he done anything else? The new, the new writer, Scott He does. Um, he, he, he does Teen Titans, I think. No, he does Red Hood and the Outlaws. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that name before. Yeah, I was checking. Um. Oh, yeah. Another one I picked this week was Flash 13, which was really good because honestly, the Flash series right now is probably the most underrated of the New 52 series because it's consistently good issue after issue. If you guys don't read that, you probably should. It's really good. And well, you know, Jeff Johns has his favorites, Green Lantern and Flash. I think those are the ones that he really focuses in on, and he wants like, the best writers on. Not that, I, not that I criticize, it's just like that's always been consistently the things that he's taken over. Yeah, I know. Well, the thing is, he isn't even writing Flash anymore. It's Francis Manupol who's writing Flash, but it feels like a Jeff Johns book. Talk about a name. Say that five times fast. Yeah, I know, right? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then another one, I think this will probably be my last one until I mention uh, big story arcs that are really good right now, is Talon Issue 1, written by big Batman writer right now, Scott Snyder, which is coming out of his Night-slash-Court-of-Owls story arc. And for fans of the current Batman books and fans of Batman Beyond, I think you guys will really enjoy this book because it's a lot like Batman Beyond, but from a different context point of view and from different characters, obviously. It's 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 actually pretty genius, to be honest. Scott Snyder's just like on a roll lately. Like he's he's like one of those like new writers like Brian Q. Miller was like when he originally started that's just doing a lot of really good material. Especially for Batman. Oh yeah, easily. Um and then real quick Two story arcs coming or in development or currently happening that you guys should check out in the current DC Comics are the Green Lantern story arc, Rise of the Third Army, which is basically, you know, the Guardians have finally lost it, like officially this time. <laughs> and they're trying to replace every core in the galaxy, which is, it's actually started off really cool with a new Green Lantern on Earth, with Hal and Sinestro missing. It's actually really cool. And the second one is Batman's new story arc featuring the return of the Joker entitled Death of the Family, where Joker is basically trying to take everything that Batman holds dear from him to show Batman how alone he really is. So not for, not for comic book, I just want to clarify, this is not a sequel to a Death in the Family from the 1990s, right? No. Because those it, are similar titles. It's just a similar title. Is that the one where Joker's looking himself in the mirror all wide-eyed from, like, the DC social networks? Yes. That is one of the best, creepiest photos I've ever seen. I'm going to use that for my Halloween photo. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. But, um, you don't want your mother-in-law looking like after, the day after Thanksgiving. Okay, I'm done. <laughs> That's what she would look like if we were married. No. Which which wife? <laughs> Ouch! 
I did not expect that one. Ouch. Neither did my wife. <laughs> Neither did the wife. <laughs> nice. Wives. Wives. Neither did the wives. Um, yeah. So, and our... Is, is, is it time for our final piece, guys? I guess. Okay. I, I like Superman 13. You what? I, I enjoy Superman 13, actually. Huh. Yeah. Okay, no, we're on the arrow. No, I'm just kidding. No, 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 no. <laughs> that was like an awkward sign, like, you know, like, I, you know, I was like, I like, I like the Superman 13, and like, you were like, yeah. It, I feel good. I like the cover. It, it, it was. To me, awkward silences are not awkward. They're just cool. I know they're just silences. No, it's. <laughs> I loved Superman thirteen too. I thought it was done real well, and I like the art in it too. Yes, it was. I think it's one of the best um, art designs for um, during this entire fifty two run. To be honest, I would I would completely agree with you because he did he also that artist also did a Red Hood and the Outlaws too, right? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I, I haven't really been reading that book. I should. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's face it. With Superman, though, is like the best of Superman recently. Yeah, I mean, you're not having a lot of stiff, comp stiff competition in that area right now for the last year or so. Well, the, in the last year, the best Superman books have been Smallville Season 11 and Superman Beyond. Well, yeah, that's what I mean, and those are, like, technically Superman, Superman books. Those are, like, like spin-offs of other things, right? Exactly. Well, the Superman Beyond one is a spin-off of Superman the Animated Series taking place during Batman Beyond, and then Smallville Season 11 is a spin-off of Smallville, so yeah. I mean, I mean, not to go too deeply into this, but wouldn't it be a good idea to kind of have, like, an ultimate universe in DC like they do in, like they do in Marvel? Since they do all these kind of spin-off things anyway. Well, technically, I mean, there are tons of parallel Earths out there in the DC Universe. I don't think they know about them all yet in the New 52, but technically these Earths have got to exist if the comics exist. Doctor Who would have a field day with all these alternate Earths if he was traveling through all these alternate dimensions in the DC Universe. No kidding. Have a field day. No kidding. But but um I th I think we've built up the sp suspense enough um Wu would you like to talk about this? Well I didn't do the interview so. <laughs> well I know I I know but I want you to do it. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, the the lidded hopster to to Andy's Raj and my Howard Walwitz, uh, Michael J. Petty, and would that make Dan Sheldon? I guess it would make Dan Sheldon. Okay, Leonard and Sheldon of our podcast sat down with Mark Guggenheim, one of the executive producers and showrunners of Arrow. Yes. And what was that like for, for Well, that was very, um, it was very interesting. Mark is, a, okay, first of all, Mark is a really cool guy. He was very cool with us. He got right into it, and he didn't really hold back all too much. And he, he I mean, he was pretty cool. We only got 20 minutes with him, sadly. We were only supposed to get 15, but we kind of extended it to 20, and I think that kind of um, Is that one, made the like, that one guy we hear at the very end cut the interview off? Yeah. But, yeah. <laughs> but, Still, 20 minutes is something. It is something. Yeah, 20 more, more minutes than either Andy and I had. <laughs> <laughs> Ouch. Ouch. 
Will, you burn a little bit. Dude, yeah, well, you kind of just burned yourself, dude. Well, well, well. I'm like, I'm like Howard before he gave me Bernadette. So there you go. There you go. So I mean, it it was really, it was really um nerve wracking to be honest. I was I was a little freaked out because it was technically the first time I ever hosted an interview because I'm the host of Longbow Hunters. So Dan's like, you should do the hosting. I'm like, oh right, okay, I'll do that. And I think he was just trying to punk you is what he was trying to do. Well, it it, it worked. <laughs> <laughs> it worked. <laughs> but and no. I actually, I actually want to ask Andy a question really quick before we go on. Andy, um, for those of you who don't know, Andy wrote some questions from Uncle Ian. Did any of your questions actually make the interview? Seventy-five, it's 50% to be honest, because it was one question that had to do with, um, I had I sent one of the, one of the questions that I had sent in to, to, to Michael was, um, that it was like, what's the, you know, the difference in writing a script for the comic and, you know, the, the Arrow comic and that Arrow TV show. And, um, all, uh, but what, um, Michael did was he, I don't remember exactly what the question was, but he like, he did mention the comic at least, but, um. Uh, but yeah, no. But the Michael screwed my questions. Like you know, he, he only <laughs> incorporated like fifty percent of one of the three questions I sent to him. I I tried oh. to combine um, the ones because wow, wow, just... talking about burning somebody. <laughs> wow. No, but no, I'm I'm uh, I'm I'm just kidding with you. You, I am I'm, I'm, I'm I am I I don't demand you were that you need to have my questions that I had. Uh, um, because you know it was your interview, like you know, and you know, I I told you before the interview, um, you know, days before the interview, Michael, that you know, if there was time, yeah, you know, you could use one of the questions, but you know, well, we honestly didn't know until like ten minutes before the interview how long we were gonna have with him because we had a total of like twenty questions, and that we got noticed that we were only gonna have fifteen minutes, so Dan and I had a dumb it down to six so we had to combine a lot of questions and let the record show that we were not complaining it would you know it was just like like a we were like swept into the rug that we had only like 20 minutes not complaining it's just we were a little bit swept under the rug no no we're not complaining at all we were very excited that we even got 20 minutes i mean we we had no idea how long we were going to have so we just wrote out a bunch of questions just you know in case but I guess it was interview day, so they were shuffling them around for interviews, so I completely understand what happened. Oh, man. I thought you were just, like, getting him, like, during his, like, break time on set or, or in, like, the writer's room or something. That would have been awesome. It was interview day for him. I didn't know that either, and I found out later, so whatever. But, but no, it, it was... I want to um, ask you, like, what's the name of the publicist that you got uh, that, that arranged all this for you? Uh, Benjamin Brown. Well, Benjamin Brown, um, on behalf of Longbow Hunters, thank you for g g getting us guys to interview Mark Guggenheim. I think it was, um... Yeah. So. Absolutely. Thank um, you, Ben Brown. Yes. For oh, sure. One more. I, speaking of, like, um, press people, I really hope one day we'll meet Susan Kesser down the line, because there's a lot of nice things I want to say to her. That would be cool. She could be on our show if she listens. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if she still works with WB. I think she does. I, 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 should, I think just, she does. 
she's an awesome person on top of everything else. Well, if she yeah. if she watches Arrow and if she listens to our show and if anyone hears us who knows her, she's welcome on anytime. Yes. And yes, it would be mostly pity, but we can take pity if you want to. Pity with pity. Ha ha ha. That's going to be his corner book. It's going to be his, like, blog. Pity with pity. Okay, never mind. Pity with pity, yes. Also the name of his Schwarzer Shack as well. Ha ha ha. Thanks. Thanks, Blue. But we... Good (laughs) Schwarzer. But we we won't bore you guys anymore with our news and our rambling so we will get into the episode and this episode lone gunman was written by greg berlanti mark guggenheim and andrew kressberg the episode was directed by veteran supernatural jericho and terminator the sarah chronicles director guy norman b who we all love oh is his middle name norman it is okay yeah he directed a lot of episodes in season seven last year of supernatural yes yes Sorry about that. I should have mentioned that. <laughs> it's all right. Um, yeah. So this episode starts out with Oliver giving a little training monologue, his little training monologue again, and you know, doing all the training stuff again before he goes after a man named James Holder. Now Holder had been putting devi- defective smoke detectors in the Glades, which is basically Starling City's version of Gotham's The Narrows from the Christopher Nolan films. Or Smallville's version of Suicide Slums. Yes. Or, yeah, it's a lot like Suicide Slums and Metropolis as well. Um, and these effective smoke detectors actually cause many of the fires and deaths to occur. So Arrow then goes after Holder, and after confronting him about who he hurt, Holder is shot and killed by a sniper. And Oliver shoots at the sniper, and, you know, it, he misses, but he does take a bullet from before the hired gun gets away. What, what do you guys think about this opening scene? Well, first of all, I have to say I love this... Oh, well. I mean, my last statement, I have to say one thing. I really hope soon they get rid of these, like, opening, like, um, voiceover monologues, just because they've become, like, like, kind of overdone. Well, if you haven't seen the series yet, you shouldn't be watching an episode three, but I'm getting a little tired of the voiceovers. The montages are fine. I love the idea of the defective smoke detectors, very old school, like, Silver Age, Bronze Age, Green Arrow kind of story. And you know what I thought when that guy got shot by Deadshot? What? Oliver's doing an internal monologue. Damn, man, I didn't get to say my line. (laughs) That's true. (laughs) I got this whole thing. I got a new bow. I got a new... I got new quivers. I got a new bow. And you didn't let me get to say my line. What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> really? Really? <laughs> you are so right. Oh. <laughs> Seriously, that's like the first thing that I thought. No lies. I thought the scene was great, though. Andy? Yeah, I love this scene. Uh, to be honest, like, you know, um, I'm actually digging this whole, the voiceovers, to be honest. I, I put it on, um, uh, in my review that I made, and uh, on my blog or song this week, you know, I actually mentioned, you know, that, you know, I don't get what people are having problems with, with regarding the voiceovers, because I like them. It makes sense. Because I don't them. want them to last too long. I don't want them to be, like, every episode. Well, it, well... Well, at this point, I think we will have them in every episode because 
you know, he, you know, he needs to explain and so on, you know, what certain things, you know, and I, 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 I'm like, I'm liking it. Now, and I will say this, I do agree with Wu from the standpoint of I don't want it in every episode, but I agree with Andy in the fact that it's kind of needed at this point. I think once we get away from the list and get into Arrow helping people and becoming more of a superhero instead of a vigilante, I think then it needs to go. But at least for now, when you're talking about people on the list, I think it's needed. Well, my problem with it is, not to go too long, I don't like it starting every episode. That's my biggest problem. Okay. But throughout the episodes is fine, but I because really, if you're just watching this as a normal viewer, you don't know what episode you're on. That's true. He pretty much, he, because he pretty much says the exact same thing. I'm Oliver Queen. I was Maroon. Da, 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 da. If I'm just watching this, I would think that's a, this was episode one or something. Well, I hope you wouldn't be that stupid. <laughs> well, there are some, well, there are some stupid people. Hey, Schmidt. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I hope he doesn't listen to this. Nico, if you tell him. I kid because I love. I kid because I love. I kid because I love. Um, yes. All right. I don't know what I see about you behind you, Nick. Okay. Uh, <laughs> meanwhile, at the Arrow Cave, Oliver finishes. <laughs> I'm sorry, that's what we're calling it. We're calling it the Arrow Cave. I call it that too, so go on. That's what we decided, pilot episode. It's the Arrow Cave. Maybe he doesn't have a car shaped like a, an arrow. Well, that's comforting. Yes. But um, back at the Arrow Cave, Oliver finishes stitching himself up and crosses Holder's name off of his father's list. He then realizes something's wrong, and he sees that the bullet he took was laced with poison or something so he quickly takes a drink sits down so he doesn't fall and he has a flashback to back on the island where he woke up in a cave with the arrow that was shot at him last episode still in his chest he's greeted by the man who shot him who offers him water and saying that the reason he shot him was to save him and then the man begins to pull the arrow out of his chest um back in the present oliver then wakes up runs out of the arrow cave realizing that he'd been gone for quite some time yeah. Green Arrow always is getting poisoned, didn't he? He always getting poisoned. I know. He got poisoned in Smallville many times. He gets poisoned in the comics. He's getting poisoned and by the arrow. way, that guy is not who my partner said it is. That guy actually... Oh, dang. Um, um, Gabby, Korean barbecue place in Koreatown. I just see him every week. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Racist. How can it be racist when it's very race? Ah, uh, good point. Yes, yes. Good point. Yes. So, what what do you guys think about this guy at this point? Do you think he is trying to help him, or what what's going on here? Well, I mean, I was still gripping from the fact that he got shot, and the, like, and the way that this guy talks, and the way he kind of looks like the Dark Archer from the comic books, just an Asian version, doesn't really help me with the fact that he's trying to help Oliver until later on in the episode. So I was pretty skeptical about this guy. He looked like fake Raja Ghoul's brother from, from Batman Begins. Yeah, a little bit, actually. With, uh, definitely with the goatee. More racist, by the way. Accurate. <laughs> 
Andy? Um, I, I presume we're talking about Yao Fei, right? Yes. Is that the guy's name? That's his name, yeah. according to spoilers. I was, I was like su- surprised for as well, like you know, because when the photos were released, you know, uh, Byron Byron Man was re- uh, credited as Yao Fei, and I was like, ah, okay, so he's he's helping him because, like, I was like, you know, I was like, you know, what the f last week when at, at the end of the um, second episode. So, but um, that was no, the voiceover uh, too, by the way, by Oliver. What the F, man? You failed me. You failed my shirt. <laughs> you failed this island. Um, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, well, um, well, I like it. Uh, but it was like, you know, weird because, you know, why would he shoot him? You know, why couldn't he just, you know. Wu is dying you know, in the background. Wu yeah. is dying. <laughs> no, because I was thinking, why did he shoot him too? But I guess it, that was the only way he could have, like, gotten Oliver away. How, him with him. how does shooting him through the chest protect him? I'm sorry. That's just, that does not make any sense to me. Well, well let's face it. That's the only way he could wound him without killing him. And if he wounded him in the leg, I think he would have ran. Um, unless he just bashed him across the head with a rock and dragged yeah, him. But, yeah. yeah, but yeah, like, like any other TV show does when it was when when people wants to protect somebody. Yeah. You hit him in the head. Well, I think it's also because too, like he doesn't know who this guy is anyway, so he doesn't even know who he's dealing with. He, he doesn't put he, it from his point of view. If he knocked, tried to knock him on the head, he might have Oliver might have attacked him or something. This was the um, only way. You could have well, restrained was, him. You know, this was this was this was you know pre-arrow, so you know he he wouldn't have been able to, you know, do much because he you know he was um. Yeah, but he didn't know that. Well, okay, my I guess my logic is here. Why not just give him a major concussion? Why do you have to like stab him through the heart? <laughs> Why does he have to bleed so much? He doesn't need to. Just give him a concussion. <laughs> just an excuse to get a mouth shoot off. <laughs> Well, I, he didn't even take the shirt off. Exactly. <laughs> we didn't even get that. Oh no, he means uh, in off-screen world when he get when Yao got to you know take his shirt off. Oh okay. Well, I, well the part that really made me cringe was when he pulled the arrow out. Oh, that was yeah. bad. That was bad. Yeah. I was not a fan of that at all. That hurt. I don't think, I don't think Oliver was as well. Well, I think he'd rather have it out than in, but still. Like the old saying goes, <laughs> would have really liked to hear the voiceover for that one, too. Would have oh. really loved to hear the voiceover for that. Dude, the arrow! Ah! <laughs> uh, for me, it would be nice to know, you know, and then he pulled the arrow out. Ow! Yes. And the unedited version would be a little cussing and him flipping him off and those kind of things, too. Say what again? How dare you? Um, no, it, no, it is not Nick Fury. He's um, not. The Nick next scene is um the theater thing, right? Yeah. Uh, back. Yeah, back at the Queen Estate, Oliver walks in on Walter, Mora, and Mia dealing with Mia's latest teenage rampage through Sterling City. Wait, 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 wait. Mia. Did I really say Mia? 
You said Mia. I actually wrote Mia in the script, too. Yeah, you wrote... I was going to tell you after the episode, like, you know, why did you write Mia? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) That is so sad. I'm thinking Mia from the comics. No, Thea. Same thing. It's like the same person. Calm down. But, you know, Thea rhymes with Mia. Well, plus it's the same character. And I just sounded so stupid saying that. I'm sorry. Whoa, whoa. Well, Thea doing her best Lindsay Lohan impersonation. That was... She's a, yeah. <laughs> you, know, you, know, she, you know, she's a brat that you love to watch. A, br- a, a brat with actual, like, legitimate reasons for doing this, but a brat nonetheless. This is true. Well, I, I and it was terrible, too, how she's like, uh, I don't really want to go to school today. And her mom's like, fine, go to bed then. It's like, <laughs> what? Okay, parenting. Hello. And Oliver reminds more of this. That she need, that he would have rather had parents than people who would just let him get away with anything like murder. And, and this is the and this is the problem with like and not to go into too many parents thing like the reason why part of the reason why kids do that is because the, you know their parents won't stop them. Exactly. It doesn't matter if you're rich or not. I did it when I was a kid. And, you know, I reveled in it just because I knew like my dad wasn't really going to do anything really bad. She didn't. Yeah. Now, when I do it around my mother, that's a different story. <laughs> yeah. Well her, well, her father shot himself in the head. Give her a break. Kidding. Kidding. <laughs> she doesn't know that. Yes. But, um, yeah. So, next scene is with Detective Lance and Detective Hilton because they're at Holder's place and they're on the crime scene and Hilton basically is blaming Arrow for this case but Lance isn't really sure because he doesn't think it's Arrow's M.O. at this point because he knows Arrow doesn't use firearms which makes sense that's logic that's good detective work right there the only scene so far in the show where I've actually liked Lance uh, it really surprised me because I really thought he was going to be on the bandwagon, but this is like saying like he doesn't like Green Arrow at all. He doesn't like what he's doing, but he knows his MO because Green Arrow's pretty much stick to the same MO for like the last three weeks if we want to go chronological time. Yeah. And then we go back to the Arrow Cave again, and Arrow just, or Oliver, oh shush, Oliver discovers that the bullet the hitman used was laced with curari which is a rare poison and unique to his mo so he which finds is also the name of one of the batman beyond assassins is it curari yeah yeah it is actually i didn't know that i forgot about her she was in season three right uh no season one because that's the first time we see older barbara gordon oh that's right because she goes after her husband Married to what looks like Lucius Fox, but... Yeah, Sam Wilson is the Wait. husband's name, right? Wait, hold. Season one of what? Uh, Batman, Batman Beyond. Batman Beyond. Oh, right. Sorry. It's been a long time since I watched that show. You know, I love it, but it was a long time ago, so... 
I actually watched that whole series last year during Christmas break. So it's not been too long for me, but I should have picked that up. You're right, Wu. Speaking of Batman, did you notice the quarter Maltese when he says where um, Deadshot has been? Uh, yeah, I was totally getting to that because he er, or Oliver does then hack into Interpol's database and finds out that this killer is killed in Chicago, my hometown, and DC Comics favorites Markovia, home to Geoforce and Terra, and Quarter Maltese, like Wu said, which is awesome. And then he also finds and, out that he goes by no, the name of Deadshot. Not, not to go into like too big of a thing, but isn't like Quarter Maltese like an island somewhere in the Pacific in the DC universe? I, be- I believe it's the island that Bane actually owns. Yes, when, he, when he's doing his deep breathing exercises because he needs to. No, when he's doing his drug running. I <laughs> Bane owned the island of Santa Prisca. That's it. Santa Prisca is what Bane owns. Not okay. Quarter Maltese. What is... Oh, right. Then who owns Quarter Maltese? One thing that I wanted to point out, uh, when, when Oliver was doing his voiceover, regarding, like, you know, oh, they call him Deadshot and so on, you know, it was almost the same way that the test, um, you know, introduced that, you know, that name that character on Smallwell, like, you know, like, you know, they call him Deadshot. It kind of was, I think that's right. how he's introduced in the comics, too. He's always, especially in Batman, because that's where he comes from. Deadshot is mostly in through, con- like, DC continuity in Batman stories. He was, he tangled with Green Arrow a couple of times, but he's primarily a Batman villain. Well, the thing is, I mean, and sometimes he is a primarily a Batman villain, but he really gained his popularity through his time on the Suicide Squad, and that's really how people know him—not because he's a Batman enemy, but through the Suicide Squad stuff. Which is also, which is one of the many villain, villain, um, super villain teams in the DC universe. For those of you not in the know. Yeah, they're, but, but but they're government employed, and once they finish all the missions that the government sends them on, they're given their freedom and given a pardon, and they get to go back to their normal lives if they survive that long, which is why they're called the Suicide Squad. They were featured in Season 10 of Smallville, if you guys want to check that out, because it was actually really cool to see them on the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Especially do Deadshot. To, do we cut to Deadshot next? Uh, yeah, we cut to him, and he's tattooing the name of James Holder, his latest victim, onto his body. And it looks like he has some sort of sick resume of names all over his body of people that he's killed. One of them, which yeah. we'll mention yeah, later. Mental. Very Memento-like. Yes. Have you seen the Chris Nolan movie Memento? Yes. Uh, I think that's where they got that from. Um, One thing I wanted to point out that, you know, they really picked a good anchor for this role. Michael Rowe, yeah. you know, Michael, Michael Rowe, you know, he he was, you know, he kind of creeped me out, you know, in a bit, you know, in a, in a good way, you know, to be honest, because, you know, he looks like a dead shot. Mm-hmm. And, like... Sorry, I just wanted to praise him, you know, early, so... I think it's because of the slick back hair. He has that, assa- he has that assassin eyes, too, no pun intended. The, like, the, he has those cold, like, sh- like eyes that he's always looking for his next target, so to speak. I couldn't agree more. I thought it was perfect casting for this role. The only thing I missed was the mustache. The trademark, yeah. the trademark Deadshot mustache that we see. Yeah, the mustache. Oh yeah. No, I don't. I don't think that's trademark. I, the eyepiece is more trademark than anything else. Well, I mean, I mean, if you know him from the Suicide Squad comic or from Justice League Unlimited, you would know the trademark mustache. In the Justice League animated, uh, did you say? Did you say the animated series, right? Yeah, and Unlimited. Yep. 
Yeah, but like he, how do you know he has a mustache? He's he's entire face is covered. No, not in unlimited. Not no, because remember the episode Task Force X. I'm I'm thinking this right now. Oh, God, it was a long time ago. Task, um, okay, Task Force X is the one where Plastique, Captain Boomerang, mm, Rick Flag, and Deadshot oh, right. get the Annihilator. That is I remember watching it again before because because Plastique was going to appear on Smallville. I remember watching that episode because I wanted to get, like, you know, uh, an image of, you know, what, what Plastique is like. Yeah. And... So okay, yeah. but the message, like you know, I agree with you. Like you know, the message, like really, is that really, I don't really think it's a you know a trade. It was. It is. It is for me. <laughs> yeah, so well, too bad for you. Too bad for you. Because <laughs> okay. like, I mean, this argument just proves that we have way too much time on our hands here across the airwaves. Well, I've got too much time on my hands. Today. That's the internet's theme song right there. Sticks. By the way, by the way, my oh, my po- podcasting partner is right in um, Unlimited. He does have a mustache. And in Bat- Batman, Gotham Knight, too. Yes, thank you. Yeah. But he has an eyepiece through everything, so I think the eyepiece was Except out in Unlimited. He does not wear the eyepiece in Unlimited. Yeah, then he's not dead shot. Yeah, he is. Just, he is. He is dead he's shot. Just, he's just mustache guy. No, they call him Deadshot the entire episode. They don't even call him by his real name. They just call him Deadshot. That would be a great villain name. Mustache guy. Moving on. (laughs) At an old Queen Industrial Inc. factory, which is conveniently located on top of the Arrow Cave, Oliver, Tommy, and Diggle enter the building, and Oliver decides that he wants him and Tommy to run their own nightclub. And Tommy isn't really sure that's a good idea because... Oliver hasn't really run anything, but he's eventually convinced and decides that it would be a good idea to go out in the town that night and scope out competition. And he wants to go to a club owned by a guy named Max Fuller, who apparently Oliver slept with his fiance the night before <laughs> their wedding. So at the reception or at the rehearsal dinner. Yeah, at the rehearsal dinner. I, I loved like the discussion they had, like you know, oh, I slept with his fiance, like you know, during the wedding, like no, during the rehearsal dinner. The rehearsal dinner before the wedding. <laughs> yeah, here's the thing I love about the uh, for backstory purposes. I love the idea that Oliver, before he was on the own, pretty much lived off of his family and really didn't do anything other than party and drink. Which doesn't sound bad, but you know, nice to nice to hear that even before he was on the island, he really didn't have any a job at Queen Consolidated. Well, it's 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 kind of like if if you guys have seen the old movie which was recently remake redone last year called Arthur, it's a lot like that. Yeah, I have no idea what you're talking about. Yeah, um, I know what he's talking about. Um, Russell Brand was in it, and in the original, um. Ar- Something Arthur, oh Dougley, Dougley Moore was yes. in the original. Yes, yeah, he was the yeah, original. The original's better, yeah. I think, but yeah. Yeah. The original's hilarious. You should you should watch it, Andy. I think you'd actually get a kick out of that movie. It's called Arthur. What I what I what I loved about this what I loved about this scene though is not only Tommy and Oliver's interactions. I love the interactions between Dig and Oliver, especially when. Dig says, when Oliver says, you don't really think very highly of me, me, do you, Dig? 
And Dick just goes, well, I, well, I appreciate your perceptiveness, sir. Yeah, I love that. Bagelas. I assume we'll have Diggle for like, you know, I, they will, I hope they will never kill Diggle or something like that because he, I love this guy. I love what, you know, the, every interaction he has with Oliver and so on. And, and there's some funny interactions between him and Tommy in this episode, but we will get to that. What I loved about that really though is the way the actor portraying Diggle said I don't like you, but then actually saying I don't like you and still making it like sound presentable. Well, it's not that he doesn't like Oliver, it's that he doesn't necessarily respect him all the time. Well, he does. But he does. Yeah, it's a weird, it's a weird thing. But I, I do like how Oliver starts saying that he's actually going to use some of the profit from the nightclub to start benefiting people in the Glades. Because that's a very Oliver Queen thing to do, just not in regards to comics Oliver and, you know, how he was even on Smallville to some extent. Yes, and, and, I, and, I, and I love the idea that he's like, I think my favorite Tommy line, one of my favorite Tommy lines was when Oliver and Tommy goes, I think we have time for a two-on-one meeting. Yes, <laughs> I love that, I love that. I, I do also like um, that Oliver is not only using this to benefit other people and to benefit himself, like him and his friend, but he's also using it to benefit his superhero career because which I loved. Yes, which I loved. because as it turns out, this place is right on top of the Arrow Cave, so people aren't gonna have to wonder where he spends his nights all the time. Well, that's a part of the whole like thing, not, not just so much with Superman, but with you know Batman anchor. You know, you have to make people. It's like what Michael Caine said in Batman Begins. You have to make people believe that there's no way you could be this guy. Exactly. And to have it on top of a nightclub, like, who would suspect that at all? Yeah. So, who would suspect that, that, uh, that an archer would actually have, like, a cave, to be honest? Yeah, exa- well, exactly. There is that, too. Like, who would who would expect him to have a base? No, but, like, you know, a base, you know, I can, I can you know, I can buy that, but a cave... Well, it's it's kind of a cave. We 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 we're just we call it a cave gotta, because we gotta find a new name. We, you know, because I'm gonna laugh throughout the whole episode. No, there is no new name. Says we are calling it the Arrow Cave. It sir. is the That's Arrow Cave. There is no debate here. I was I, I was thinking like the Arrowhead. Like, you know, because, I don't know why. Oh, yeah, that's not gonna, that's not gonna evoke a lot of phallic imagery more, more so than cave. But meanwhile, in the Arrowhead... No, no, it's, it's the Arrow Cave. Yes, Laurel is having fun at the Arrowhead. I'm just kidding. See, that just sounds dirty almost. Anyway, moving on. <laughs> exactly. M- moving on. Uh, at the CINRI firm, Laurel extre- Laurel's extremely annoying best friend, who I really want to die so badly. Yes! Oh, my heart and Joanna. I cannot stand this person. Basically, t- basically, tells, basically tells Laurel that she needs to move on from Oliver and Tommy and just go out and have fun. So she decides to go into to a nightclub that night. How convenient. Yes. Totally. Um so yeah, that was real quick. Uh all I can say all I have to say about that scene is I really want that character to die soon. Here's my defense on Joanna, and then Andy, you can put your two, two cents in. This time she actually had a character. 
kind this of. Episode. Kind she of. Actually had some, she actually had something of use to say to Donna other than, I told you so. She's, like, oh she's not even at the club later, though. Yes, she is. You, 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 she's dancing. you see her for five yes. seconds. You see her five well, seconds. Like, you know, she, that's all she's supposed to be. No, it's you know, dumb. She's useless. It would have made less sense if they didn't show it. Oh it, my god! They felt that it's useless, but we don't. We don't want to kill them. Yes. She's like Lagoon Boy, but for Arrow. Oh, oh, that's not. That's not. That's that's a harsh. Young okay. Justice fans will get that reference. Okay, to pull this back into like the the episode though, I really did want to say this before we move on. I did like uh, because she Joanna does have a point here in terms of Laura can deny it all she wants to. Whether she's still in love with Oliver, that, that's up for debate or not. But you know, she's still obsessed with him, like you know, whatever he does. Like, why would you be doing this if you didn't care even a little bit about him? Exactly. I agree. Um. Yeah. Moving back to the Queen Estate, Mora does tell Thea that she has to come home right after school because she's been grounded for two weeks. And basically, Mora's trying to be a parent here, but Thea and her have a heated discussion where Thea basically tells her, you're not fit to be a parent. And, she, I mean, she kind of just doesn't really listen and leaves, which is... Well, Thea, are you, Thea, are you fit to be a person right now? That's what I'd say. <laughs> oh, snap. <laughs> nice. well, I mean, look at her in that seat. She still looks like she's wasted. I know. It's so bad. And she hasn't even gone to school yet. <clears throat> Which is so party sad. Music, party rock is in the theater. Back at the Glades, Oliver then scopes out the crime scene from the other night where Holder was killed. And he climbs up the building in this awesome, uh, or up this building in, in this awesome parkour. scene. Yes, this parkour. awesome parkour scene. And with the awesome music, like, you know, because seriously, I hope they release the score for the, from this show. But I yeah, think like, they're you know, planning on it. Yeah, yeah, because you know, once like you know, when I can start working out and so on again, I I want to have that music in the background. Exactly. And actually, uh, I talked to Lu well, not talk talked, but I messaged Louis Fabre on like Facebook, who is the composer of uh, Seven Through Ten of Swallow. I was very disappointed that he wasn't involved in this. I can understand why they wouldn't go with him though, only because he's a more yeah. light-hearted composer. Yeah, I mean that. Really, that's one of the reasons Stan Lee went with Steve Ditko over Jack Kirby because Jack Kirby did Spider Man very like heroic, and Steve Ditko did it very gritty. So that's probably why the producers didn't go with Louis for Brain for this. Yeah, it, it does make sense. But um, he do, he does find one of Deadshot's bullets in the wall, and he does take it out, which is really cool. But yeah. back at the at the police department, Hilton discusses that. The, or the particulars of the case with Holder, with Lance, who's still kind of on the fence about Arrow being the killer. So then Lance decides he's going to go to the crime scene himself and go for evidence. To, to, I want to stop for just one second. I, about the bullet scene, I love how what would usually be like an entire like plot point of an episode of NCIS or CSI New York with the bullet scene and Arrow only takes two minutes. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's why I hate cop shows. It moves so slowly. 
Like when you know what I mean? Something like that. You do like the entire mapping scene. Okay, let's take our protectors and according to our maps, it was shot from here. Oliver just figures it out in two seconds and let's move on. But it's Oliver Queen. He it's awesome. Yeah, he's take, awesome. Take, take that CSI. You should have canceled me for that show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> take that CSI and all other, you know, three hundred and. 50 captures that are, are on right now. What are you talking about, Andy? CSI Salt Lake City is going to be awesome. Okay. What a crime in Salt Lake City. Wow. Alright, okay. Moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Lance goes back to the crime scene, and after a brief interlude of Oliver examining Deadshot's bullet, Lance sees the next building would be a perfect place for a sniper. Which, obviously. So. Moving on. Back, back in the glades, Oliver... It's the advertisement for the building, by the way. This is a perfect place for a party and a sniper to attack. Double thumbs up. Well, it, it was kind of a pointless scene to me because I'm like, okay, we know there's a sniper. We knew that person was there. Why do we need you to know? Whatever. Yeah, why do we need to see it, too? Exactly. Just, uh, see that in dialogue? But back to the, uh, the good stuff. Back in the glades, Oliver goes to a Russian mechanic who is a member of Bratva, which apparently Oliver is a member of, interestingly. And yes. Oliver tells this man named Alexei that he needs to find a specific assassin who uses the same Karari poison in Deadshot's bullets. So basically he's asking where Deadshot lives. Meanwhile, so, uh, communicating th through carry carrier pigeon? There's a little shout-out to our small little audience. <laughs> Johnny Appleseed. <laughs> Meanwhile, in a cheap motel, it's revealed that there's been another wait, death. Wait, wait, what did you say? Meanwhile, at... In a cheap motel. Oh, I thought you just said, like, you know, meanwhile, a cheap hotel. Like, you know, that, that, that was like, I thought you that was like a... Never mind, sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. But, this uh, going great, isn't it, people? Isn't it? Really it can only go uphill from here. Um, well, maybe. This is more down. Unless there's... Yeah, that would be a buzzcut. Um... <laughs> So we find out that there's been another death by a man named Carl Rasmussen, whose name Deadshot adds to his body. And it's also, and I think it should be also noted that, and I know that um, this is pointed out by Dan in his recording, but I actually figured it out first. So I, I'm very excited in myself. It, oh, it, it should be noted that the name Andrew Diggle is on Deadshot's yeah. chest. Did you see that too? Yes. Oh my god! I thought I was the only one. But that's what a, a kind of weird message to send out. Like, you know, a person that he has killed. Andrew Diggle. Yeah, at okay. least it was Andrew Diggle. It could have been your name, Andy. Haha, uh -huh, okay. Um, Come on, Andy. Come on, Andy. It was right there. I already have, um, you know, a killing Andy joke today at school today, so. Which wasn't fun, so, but yeah. Uh, but Andrew Diggle, yeah. And I mean, we I mean, we find out later that Diggle's brother died in the security work. So I mean, it's possible. I mean, this could very well be his brother. Yeah, that makes sense. But go and not just spend too much time on this. You guys really loving these swarmy names of these like like these businessmen that we see in every episode. Like every one of these guys' names sounds swarmy and dirty, and these guys, these guys, like if they had mustaches, 
Okay, Woo. I mean, look at these names. Mark Summers. Max, Max, Maxwell Fuller. I mean, good grief. Could you have, like, a list of the evil villain names of some of these guys? How, how much How much you want to bet all these guys were bullies to the producers in high school? Or writers on the show? Uh, yeah, or that. Oh, did you know? Did you see that Glenn Winter's name was on Deadshot's body too? Oh my God! It wasn't really. Yeah. Oh my God. For those of you, who, for those One who day don't know. Me something to you know to look up uh, tomorrow morning. Yeah, but for those yes, of you who we're don't. Yes, looking at a tattoo man's body. Yes, we. Yes, we told him. Oh, I don't. Oh, I meant to watch up like the name. <laughs> Sure it's, a nice, it's, a, it's a nice bar to look at, but like, you know, I was more, look, you know, referring to the, you know, because I didn't see Glenn Winter, like, which side of the body was it like? I think it's on his arm or something. I forget exactly where it is. But for those of you who don't know, Glenn Winter is famous for directing some great episodes of Smallville, which we are Legion, all big fans of, so. Legion, um, Society. Yep, yep. Yeah, a bunch those of those are, good ones. Those are his two famous. I have to see what Greg Demon's name is on his body. Oh no. <laughs> Maybe he's next. Oh. Um. So next is the Queen Estate. And detective. Also, we should we should know that the winner is actually part of this of the show. He's actually you know, um, on IMDb right now, and he's credited as you know, Sarah Cinematograph. I'm bad with words, but like he's the director of photography. If you can't say cinematographer, it's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, what we said. So, and uh, he's credited for it on IMDb. So, doesn't surprise me. Like, Glenn Winter is like one of the best like DPs you could get for that. That is, you know, he is stationed in Vancouver. So, yeah, it makes. So we don't have to pay him extra. Yay! Kidding. kidding. (laughs) Moving on. Moving on. At the at the Queen Estates, Detective Lance. Sort of convicts Walter Steele, who is Oliver's new stepfather, obviously. If you is guys that his name? Know. That is his name. name. That is his name. Yep, Walter okay. Steele. Of Rasmussen's death. And Walter basically gives Lance a speech about how there would be way too many people for him to kill in way too little time if he were to be the killer. Because the reason Rasmussen and Holder are dead at this point is because of this Unidac auction. Or Unid, not Unidac. What am I yeah, thinking? it's Unidac. Is yeah, it Unidac? Okay. Yeah, I've seen, yeah, it's Unidac. And basically, the Unidac auction is a company that I think Queen Consolidated is looking to buy, correct? Yeah. Well, a lot of people are trying to buy it because it's a big stake in their industry, so to speak. And the whole time I'm th- thinking when Walter's saying this, I'm thinking, well, have you talked to your wife lately, Walter? She, because she's going to, like, you know, hiring people to kill some of the other people off. Your Maybe wife's a killer. Out. Here's Mara. <laughs> That's Bane. Um, I'm so, so lost right now. <laughs> That's Quagmire. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, again, at Max Fuller's nightclub this time, Tommy and Oliver walk in. And this is actually really funny because oh. they leave Diggle at the door. And, I'm so sorry and, this guy. And Oliver's like, I have never seen this man before. Yeah, he just gives him a wink, like, you know, walks away. You don't know how many times I've seen that done to 
to people and to me sometimes, more so than to other people, but I've actually been to clubs where friends literally, like, hang their friends out to dry, leave them behind at bars and clubs. That is terrible. I mean, it was it was funny here because it's his bodyguard, but for friends, that's terrible. Yeah, um, to go back, talking about Diggle and Oliver, I love at the beginning with the Thea scene when Oliver freaking goes, you mean when I didn't, when I said I needed to go to the bathroom and didn't come back last night? Oh, yeah, and he goes, it looks like I'm going to be watching you pee. <laughs> that's not creepy at all. I know, I never thought I'd hear that man say that out of... I think that's like probably the writer's favorite line too. Jingling, jingle, jingle. Oh my! Oh my, God. oh my lord! Okay, so <laughs> I'm totally using the cubicle now, not the urinal. After he, after he leaves him at the door, um, they find. Oh my God! Andy, you have a sick mind. <laughs> Jiggle, jiggle. Stop it. Stop it. Dude, that was the name of Afghanistan. That's why you didn't like the army. <laughs> so, Oliver and Tommy find Laurel. And she's oh. technically there to escape her guy problems. And then they kind of just show up. They're not looking for Laurel. They just run into her. Well, like, she, she's there trying to escape all her guy problems. And then they just show up. And it's like, oh. Yeah, they're the two guys that she's trying to avoid. Yeah. And, th- and then to make it even better, a totally wasted 17-year-old Thea Queen shows up. <laughs> and even when Oliver wants to take her home, she spills the beans about Tommy and Laurel's on-again, off-again weird relationship thing. And then kind of runs away. So we're hey, like, okay. Oh, <laughs> I love the fact that you know that she, while she's 17, she's still able to get into college. You know, I don't know what's going on, you know, in your country, in America, so, like, you know, but... um. I checked. Seventy years don't get into clubs. Generally, no, they no, they don't. But here's the and by the way, for those who we forgot to mention, Andy is from the UK. That's why. No, 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 no. Andy is from Sweden, but he's living in UK right now. Well, you're living in the UK, okay? Like, yeah. So because you know, if I'm from UK, I would have this uh, American accent. I would have like you know a British accent, like you know Oliver, and so on. You That's obviously. But that's not my point. I love how I love how Thea even like when she I don't know if she's actually playing drunk or if she's actually drunk. She is totally wasted. Playing this character, she can go from like drunk and silly to like stone cold serious at like a drop of a hat. So I don't know how wasted she really is. She is totally wasted. But you know what I mean? Like, when she says to Oliver, get your hand off of me, I, I, you're not my father and I barely have a brother, that's like, that was, I have that to think was, yeah, that was cold. That was really I, cold. I just, took it, as, cold. I just took it as, I just took it as she's her. a mean drunk. I understand her. I took it as she's yeah, a mean I, drunk, though. Yeah, but really, is she, I'm thinking, like, because some people, like, use, like, being drunk as an excuse to act like a complete, you know, female dog, so to speak. Yeah. So, oh, I don't really, I don't really, I don't really know how drunk, how wasted she really is. But I do like the idea that, like, you know, 
Laurel is just looking like great acting, by the way, by Katie Cassidy, by just like staring off into space and not really saying anything. She looks so awkward in that scene. Well, I mean, who wouldn't? Exactly. Um, <laughs> and for once, Tommy Merlin is a loss for words. Yeah. But um, before they can say anything or really react, Max Fuller shows up with his goons, takes Oliver to another room, and basically starts to beat him up. And Tommy wait, tries wait, to help. Can I say one quick thing about Max Fuller? You know, what a typical guy they could have got from, you know, for that. Desperate Housewives. No, no, no. Probably on Nano 210, but that's another. That's the thing about all, like, people that have contracts with networks. You see them on, like, four or five different things. Like, the guy that played Grant Gabriel on Smallville. It's only, like, on three things on the CW before he showed up on Smallville. That's another story for another time. Yeah, so Oliver shows up, tries to help Oliver, but they get in over their heads as Fuller's guards kind of overpower them pretty quickly. And this is really funny because Laurel comes in and takes out Fuller with these awesome moves. Yes. And basically oh, demands yes. them to be I released. I love how Oliver, like, held back because he knew he could, like... Yeah. I love, that, I love that thing with the fist that yeah. he does. Yeah, that, that was, like, you know, because that was, like, the best moment in the whole sequence. Like, you know, he was, like, you know, because he knew, like, I can't do anything. I have to pretend. Mm-hmm. And I don't have time for this. I would have to I would have to disagree with Andy a little bit because I I think we have a tie here between what's the the best thing in that sequence, like Tommy Merlin saying you have to go through me and you're gonna go through. But, me. but I said one of the best sequences. Okay, okay, okay. I didn't hear you. Sorry. Tommy's line is the best. It was one of the best sequences, like you know, because he can, you know he can't you know he has to hold back sometimes. And that's something that will be interesting to see throughout the series because, you know, he can't, you know, you know, Oliver Queen isn't known for being like, you know, uh, uh, you know, an ass-kicking, you know, fighter, you know, he's just, uh, you know, a drunken, you know, whatever. Billionaire playboy. Yeah. Exactly. I loved how 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 wounded how wounded pride Max Fuller is after getting beat down by Laurel because the way he looks after he gets his butt kicked by Laurel is just classic to me. You know what? You three are banned, and I'm gonna go cry now. Banned for you're banned for life. <laughs> Okay, family-friendly podcast. Family-friendly podcast, Andy. Come on, come on. But um, there there are rules, Walter. Okay, let me rephrase. Okay. Um, but um, I I. I'm sorry for families that listen to us. I'm sorry for families that listen to us. No, this is not this is not PG thirteen, so. Yeah. Well. I thought it was awesome that Laurel actually got to give some moves. I mean, when we talked yes. to Guggenheim real quick, we bas- we briefly asked her about Laurel, or him about Laurel, but 
all he said was, just wait for this episode and you'll see some hints about her destiny. So, I was very happy to see Kitty Cassidy throw down. Oh, yeah. I was, very, I was very happy to see that. And if you want to see her throw down some more, go watch season three of Supernatural. Yeah, I guess that's, that's what's something I'm so looking for because I'm on season two right now. And yes, yes, people out there, I'm, I actually started watching Supernatural last week uh, because... Don't feel it's, bad, I did the exact same thing last year. Okay, what I mean, hint, hint, nudge, nudge. You kind of peer pressure me into watching this. Yeah, yeah. I, did, I did peer pressure you into watching it, and look at you now. And now I'm watching Fringe because of MJP. Oh, yeah. Yes. MJP! MJP is in the house! <laughs> it's like a, you know, a rapper's name. Yes, well, he's gonna hang out with JGL soon. Joseph Gordon Levitt, for those of you who are not keeping track. Oh, that would be awesome. awesome. That yeah, would but be I awesome. love that. I, I agree with Michael. It was, it was nice to see, like, an allusion to the whole Black Canary, you know, you know, future and, you know, destiny and so on. Like, you know, and because, you know, come on, it's Katie Kennedy. You know, she is a badass, you know, fighter when it comes to televisions. So. Which is really funny because... Other than Supernatural, other than this, she's really always played, like, dam- damsels in distress or, like, stuck-up women and, uh, like, other things I've seen her in. I've seen, you know, she's actually on, on one of my favorite shows. Um, She was on one of, one of my favorite shows called Gossip Girl. And she was, she had, she was, she played once again, like, you know, a strong female character. Like, you know, she was a villain and so on. But so, you know, she, she I wouldn't. Agree with you, like when you said, like you know, she always plays like you know these damn stress characters and so on. Yeah, but uh, I I should amend my statement. I've only seen her in like those kind of roles. That that's true. She probably has been a lot more. But I love um going back to the episode. I loved uh, Laurel's comment to Oliver. I don't need your forgiveness till I don't need your permission. Yeah. That was, and. I, I mean, I like the line for sake of story, but, you know, Laurel, obviously, or honestly, this is getting really old. You really just need to let it go. How do you let something like that go, though? From yeah, I should go. I agree. Well, I mean, I understand her being mad. I do. Dude, just but, imagine that if it was your sister, though. Well, and I understand, but she's had five freaking years. Yeah, but you know, but then one of the yeah. people that she was that was supposedly dead comes back, and it's yeah. like you know, and begged you for forgiveness and saved your life in the last episode. Hello. But before that, he was like, you know, but this is now. But this is I'm now. Not gonna, I'm not gonna judge because I don't know how he would handle that in that situation. Because like I said in the pilot podcast, that doesn't happen in real life. I know, and I was fine with it the last episode and the episode before, but I mean, this cannot go on forever. I will give you. I will. I will get get on your side a little. On one side, though, like she didn't even let Oliver say anything before she said that. Yeah. Well, to, to me, it didn't look like Oliver was about to say anything. And to be honest, she, he wasn't. I think he was. I think he was gonna say. Well, I think he was gonna just say that. I I have no place to judge. I don't. I'm not gonna judge you. Well, he was gonna say exactly what he tells Tommy. Yeah, exactly. That's my. That's the point I was making. So I mean, and if yeah, but regardless, next we get a flashback where Oliver wakes up 
The arrow is gone from his chest. He sees that the man who took it out is sleeping, and Oliver runs away from the cave and is caught and then hoisted into the air by this big, um, big net that looks like it's used for trapping animals or something. Yeah. So that okay. that well, was a okay. We are animals, so. Well, yeah, I guess. Well, well, I'm, I'm not making any useful points at all at this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, you're making a lot of useful points. The point I, for you to think from a logistical point, I was watching this episode in HD. This is the first episode that I watched in HD. Like, in standard definition, these flashback scenes look, I would say, a lot better just because they look kind of grainy, they look kind of beat up, they look like they were do- shot on digital video. But in HD, they don't look that much different than your, the, like the scenes that we see in present time. Not that I'm complaining, I just say, I think it's better that they look, that you watch, like, the show in standard than in HD, because you can tell the difference between the scenes, like, the tones of the scenes and lighting. I'd agree with you there, because I watched it off of the website, and that's kind of how I felt with it, too, so. But, um, yeah, after the fiasco at the nightclub, Diggle takes Tommy and Oliver to Big Belly Burger. Yes, the same burger franchise in the DC universe. Okay, I was wondering, first of all, I kept, kept um, forgetting what the name of that burger place was because we have a place in Los Angeles called Fat Burger. I don't know if they yes. have it nationally. Yes, Fat Burger. Yeah. Do they have those in Chicago? No, but I've been to LA. Okay, yeah, that's why I was thinking. And the logo kind of does look like Fat Burgers, too, just by the coloring. That's awesome. <sighs> Guys, stop talking about food. I'm getting hungry. Okay, Big Belly Burger. Y- yes. <laughs> we, we've seen that in the DC Universe in Batman, yes? In Superman? Uh, yeah, it's basically an, a big food chain in the DC Universe, so it's kind of like... It's kind of like Burger King, actually. Not not as big as McDonald's, but more like a Burger King. I, I still want to see a Luther, a Luther Burger place. Or a, Lex Burgers. Or a, or a Wayne like Chicken and Waffles. Wayne's Wings. Yes. Luther. <laughs> <Luther>. Yes. <laughs> and Aquaman runs like a Skipper's kind of place, too. <laughs> AC's. ACC Shack. Yes, remember, remember to respect the fish, though. Um, honey, you're more like, honey, you're scaring away the customers. They need to respect our culture. <laughs> you need to respect your secret identity. Oh. Okay, let's let's go back to the sequence because this is one of my favorite scenes. And <laughs> I'm sorry if I'm if I'm selling your thunder now, uh, Michael, but you know I am the guest, so you know, I should get you know do something. And uh, wow. If, uh, Okay. <laughs> I'm kidding. No, 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 I'm just. See, I'm just. See, Andy, this is what doesn't get you invited back. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Ouch. Oh. No. I had to prepare a blog post for that. Right, like, you know, I hope I get to get come back someday, but okay, you pretty much answered that question. Okay. Um, there's a scene. It's oh. a, a beginning when. Okay. Serious guy. Go ahead. Okay. Um, wait, they're all walking into the, to the big. Uh, belly burger shop and um uh what tickle waves to uh, the, the waitress and like tommy goes like you know top that girl is pretty cute and like you know first you know waves his hand and stuff like that then he goes like that's my sister-in-law and tommy goes like i, who I will never speak to or look at ever <laughs> i love how i love how colin donald you know pulls off you know the tommy moments to be honest i love it he was, 
he really is like he really is like the Harry Osborne and like how like how Jordan like of this like epi- like this series in terms of quips because we really don't have any real funny characters in the show other than Tony Lewis. It's true. But Nigel is funny in his own way. Yeah, but like, he's, he's, yeah, he's dry. He's dry though. He's not like laughing loud funny. Yeah. yeah, but like you know, but that's that's so great about like you know he can you know he can say something like you know I, I guess we're watching you pee from now on without having you know to be like you know be like Tommy. Mm-hmm. And I love the and I love the thing from Diggle's like sister in law. So you're watching over white boys now. Good for you or something to that effect. <laughs> yeah, it's something like that. But we do find out that Diggle's brother did die in the security line, like we said earlier. And, we and as, as, as sad as to, that is to hear, like, you know, it was actually nice that we also got to get, get some, you know, personal things about Dick, like, you know, finally, yes. you know, he had a brother and so on. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. No, so absolutely. When I, when I, even though it was sad to hear, like, you know, his brother was killed, it was nice that we could find, you know, we got to find out at least that he had a brother, you know, like, you know, where he came from, you know, because we always know that he was, um, who was it, Afghanistan or something? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So... I like that. And I and I have to think this is why Diggle was so apprehensive of Oliver, like ditching him. Probably. Because uh, I mean, I'm probably thinking like he and like any brother would, he probably blames himself for his brother's death. Yeah, I'm sure and, in some way he probably does. Absolutely. And 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 from what it sounds from the tone of of his sister-in-law, he kind she kind of blames him too, kind of. Well, not not so much him, but she just doesn't want him to be in the same the position. The profession she plays. Yes, yes. But And then we do cut to Oliver and Tommy. And Oliver basically tells Tommy that he was dead, that Tommy had no way of knowing that he was still alive, and that he doesn't really care. Yeah, and, and I really like it. And Tommy... I, really like the, I do too. Just because, just because, like... Oliver's thinking to himself, I really have... It's kind of like the anti-Clark from Smallville in this situation, where Clark would totally care about something like this. Oliver in this universe is like, I, I have more important things to to worry about uh, other than my ex-girlfriend, like, getting intimate with my best friend. Yeah. Well, and I like how Tommy tries to explain his quote-unquote violation of their friendship. But Oliver just doesn't really care. He won't well, have it. In 50 different ways. In air quotes, the bros before hoes things, ladies and gentlemen. Um, it's a technical term, that's what it's called. That's why I'm using the air quotes. But, oh, wow, I'm not even allowed to say pussy, but you like to say ho. Okay. Wait, it's a technical term. I know, I know. Moving it's on. This is my attempt at being funny, but I'm not. So. <laughs> it's alright. You have failed this phone, You have failed this Anyway, come up with something, come up with something new, guys. Guys, getting... no, no. <laughs> that's our, that's our catchphrase. You never tell us what bits we can and cannot do on our show. Yeah. Okay. But um, no. So Oliver then gets a call from Alexei, who pretends is a Russian model, who tells him that Deadshot's real name is Floyd Lawton and tells him where he's staying. Is that the name of Deadshot in the comics too, Floyd Lawton? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Okay, I was assuming that he had a, like a bunch of different aliases. That's what they make it seem in the DC universe that he has several different names. No, I didn't think we would get to hear that name. Actually, I didn't think that we would. 
I didn't think we would either because we didn't on small. Well, no, we did on Smallville, I think, briefly. But still. Yeah. I would have laughed, laughed my butt off if one of his, like, um, aliases was, was Jeff Loeb or Bruce Tim. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. But, um,. We do we do then cut to Deadshot's motel room, which is numbered 52, which may be a new 52 reference, which is awesome. And we see that Deadshot is on his laptop examining schematics for a building, which is his next target. And then Arrow shows up, shoots at Lawton, Lawton fires back with his awesome wrist gun that's totally right out of the comics, and then jumps out a window. And Oliver escapes only with Lawton's laptop before the police arrive. That was awesome. Didn't expect the like Oliver just kicking the door down and then we get bam bam shoot arrows shoot bullets that kind of thing. I was expecting it to be like more like what we get later on in the episode with a little bit more subtlety. And heck with subtlety, we're just gonna blow some stuff up. Yeah, no kidding. It was awesome, and I didn't think we'd get the wrist gun either because we didn't on Smallville. So I was it was awesome that we got it here. Well, in Smallville we got a cowboy. Well, Smallville, uh, and that's another story for another day, Smallville, in reflection of Superman, is very, like, romantic, like, like, what's the word I'm looking for? Ideals of what, like, what classic superheroes are. This is very, high. when, I, when um, David Greenwald, one of the creators of Kareem and Angel, talked about the, the series Angel, hyper-real superhero. It's very much, you know, this is not where, where the people are at all in this series. Yeah. Well, yeah. But, I mean, I'm just saying it's awesome that we got the gun at all. Like, the wrist yeah, gun. because here's the, here's the thing. Smallville, we got lots of digital effects, and that was cool. This one, this series, where they're saying, heck with digital effects, let's just focus a lot more on choreography, which I really enjoy. I like fight scenes in TV shows. I, I like both. I, I do think this worked better for this show than like effects would for this show. Yeah, because quite honestly, I I really didn't want to see effects for something that's supposed to be gritty. I agree. I absolutely agree. Um, well, well said. Yeah, well, definitely well said, Wu. But um, don't don't see, don't see my okay. I don't want. I'm I don't want things. I'm just no, I, 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 I was talking to Michael. Oh, okay. <laughs> I didn't say anything. Oh, I think I just heard his feelings, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> there is something, there's something that runs my family. Sometimes when we laugh, we, we, it sounds like we are crying. And sometimes when we're crying, it sounds sound like we're laughing. Ladies, so. we're back, and I please get some new coke. This is going to be a long night. <laughs> and we're not done yet. Come um, back. No, but anyway, I, I like that risk gun. I want um, that felt great. And like I said, you know, you know, I like digital effect, but you know, for great and grounded show like this, you know, yeah, it's, this was needed. And yep. I thought the performers, like, for, I, I think the performer, performers prefer like real effect shots too, just because they have something to work against rather than something that that's digitally put in later. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. Pushes off. Anyway. Okay, Snoop Lion. Back at uh, Queen Consolidated the next day, Oliver goes into the IT department, at who is head by Felicity Smoke, who DC Comics people will know as Firestorm's stepmother in the comics, which is kind of weird that they would bring that character in, but 
Oh well, I I like her. She works. Firestorm and Firestorm is the character, not the not the comic book company. Oh, I'm sorry, that's Wildstorm. Yeah, Wildstorm's the company. Mother. I thought she I thought she was the the real mother. Nope, stepmother. Damn. Yeah. So. <laughs> why do I think I've seen this actress before? Maybe I saw her in Supernatural last season. I don't. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. But um, as it turns out, Oliver brings the laptop to her and asks her if she can get anything off the damaged laptop. To which she accepts the challenge. After even after seeing the bullet holes, which is kind of funny. Uh, she she was kind of funny. She I liked that actress. You know, it felt like. Um, no, I thought, I, she just fitted, fitted for that scene mm-hmm. and that. at the queen estate then later Mora walks in into Thea's room and, pleasant, and is pleasantly surprised to find that she's actually still there and asks her if she'll come to Walter's auction that night for Unidac uh, not just because of her as in Thea but because it would mean a lot to her as in Mora then Mora has a heartfelt conversation with her daughter about them both becoming distant in the last five years and that she wants to find their way back to each other. And that, I, I mean, she really sincerely means it at this point because she even yeah. starts to mention yeah. Robert Queen, who she, her husband, who she hadn't talked about in the last five years. So, I mean, if she even goes that far, I would think she means it. Well, yeah. really, really they've set up more as this kind of, like, lascivious character, but deep down she really does care about her children. Wait, can you tell me what, 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 is that, what does that word mean, uh, lascivious? Sneaky, kind of smarmy. Ah. Uh, yeah. No, um, I, agree, I agree, Will. Yeah. The one thing I wanted to say about... Oh, no, sorry. Go on. Oh, I'm just imagining Theo, like, before that scene on her Windows phone saying, Dude, I just want to get out of here. I still want to get out of here. Could you send me, like... Because she really does look really angry. Not to joke around about it, but she looks, like, angry. And she didn't look that angry, to be honest. She looked, she looked more, like, you know, bored than, than angry. Yeah, but with women, you can't tell between bored and angry. One's going to look How to the other. No, you can definitely tell when one is angry, believe me. Yeah, but there's a fine line between the two of them and women. Sorry to say that, ladies, but it's true. Like, you know, boredom leads to anger a lot of the times. Ladies, ladies, after I, I'm not supporting this man's statement right now. No, actually... we don't. We don't know who he is. We're kicking him out of the nightclub because coward, coward. Regardless, uh, later at Queen Consolidated, Felicity has cracked the laptop, and it's revealed that the blueprints Deadshot was looking over are those of the Exchange Building, which is conveniently the same building Walter's auction with Unidac is going to be held that night. Miss Smoke, or as I like to call her, Miss Smokin, mm, reveals... I was going to say that. Of course. I was going to say that. Just, well, I, I, dig, I dig girls with glasses, let's say. Ooh. Well, she then reveals that the laptop is owned by a Mr. Warren Patel, who is the owner of Unidac, which, you know, the company that's being auctioned for. Ava realizes then that he can't really protect everyone in the auction room by himself. So as Arrow, he goes to enlist the help of Detective Lance, who after being manhandled by Oliver and given the laptop evidence, ends up setting up the cops in the building. Which is an awesome scene, by the way. Yeah. Uh, And to be honest, I I do like Detective Lance in this episode. I did not last episode or in the pilot. You guys know this, but I did in this episode. What's it? I've... for me, it was a little bit different because in the pilot, I didn't know what to think of him. 
And last episode, I actually did like him a bit more. And in this episode, I was like, you know, he didn't really get much to do, to be honest. Well, I think that's why I liked him. He didn't, he didn't, he didn't really, you know, he didn't need to be in the whole episode. He was, he was just there. No, no, that was all I was saying. Okay, here's what I like about, like, um, Detective Lance. He's kind of like the anti-Dan Tripp and the anti-Jim Gordon. And yes. Yes, yes, yes. The anti-Captain Stacy. Yeah, I, well, well, he's actually more like Captain Stacy, but, um, he, he really is like the anti-Dan Tripp in the fact of he doesn't like, you know, Green Arrow. And I don't even know, I think he subconsciously knows that Oliver Queen is the Green Arrow just because how he reacts to both of them. Like, he won't ever say that out loud. He may not consciously know, but he kind of knows subconsciously that they're the same guy. Probably. Yeah. And then, what's, well, again, like, it's one of those, like, ineffable things, and by the way, ineffable means you can't explain things you can't explain. He has this feeling about Oliver, and he has a feeling about Green Arrow. You might not be able to pin it because it just sounds ludicrous if he says it out loud. But I think he, I think he kind of knows in the back of his mind. But anyway, I love how, like, even when he's like tied, Detective Lance is like, "I'm gonna so bust you, I'm gonna so bust you," but I know I can't. Yeah. I just wanted to. I'm sorry, are you moving on? No, 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 I'm done. Okay. Um, I just wanted to go back just briefly to that the more and fear scene, like you know that was, you know. Um, because I always like to sometimes comment on, you know, the emotions and, like, you know, the acting and so on. Like, and that was, like, you know, a great performance by both uh, Holland and uh, Susanna Thompson, who plays more. And uh, because, it, you know, it was emotional song because, you know, at this, you know for the last two episodes, we have only seen more as, you know, both the good, mod- the good side and the bad side. But this episode, you know, she got to be, like, you know, you know, she just got to be a mom. And, and also, we don't—we also didn't really get a lot of heartfelt scenes too. Like, heartfelt is mixed with awkward, and this was one of the first like really heartfelt scenes that didn't have somebody saying like a harsh word at the end of it. Yeah. You know what it I mean? Like, like, every, yeah. like every other scene, whether it's Laurel and Tommy, whether it's Laurel and Oliver, whether it's Moira and Oliver, whether it's whoever, like there's always that little zing line at the end where you know it should have been you who died, or you know I don't need your permission, you're not my brother. This was started sweet and ended sweet, totally like. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know it was a great performance, basically. Yeah, I really so I just wanted to get it out because sometimes you know that's what I like to do sometimes with them, you know when I'm talking about episodes well, and stuff. Well, we do, well, we do too. But like we like it's hard not to like um what's the word I'm looking for like get too into them because we do need to like move on with the episode. Yeah, of course, of course. I just wanted to you know because um it was like you know one of those few scenes that were like you know so heartfelt and so on. Okay, sorry, um, Michael. It's all good. Uh, next, real quick, we're just going to briefly skim over this one, because honestly, this scene isn't very important. Uh, at the courthouse, Oliver, or Tommy meets up with Laurel and tells him that and tells her that Oliver was cool with them being together and asks and basically says, I can be whatever you need me to be for us to be together, and will you give me a chance? And Laurel says yes, 
and they go out for the night. So, I mean, really, there's not much to say about that other than Tommy is legitimately trying to be a good guy for Laurel. Bring on the Lumi. The Lumi. <laughs> The movie is that what we call this stuff? Yeah, well, I, I was, um, I actually called it, like, you know, um, the Green Arrow TV uh, forum, like, you know, I, um, and I, I we're probably gonna be, sh- we're probably gonna be shippers somewhere down the line soon, so don't no, I started it, like, you know, like, uh, uh, with, you know, Lumi, Lolliver, Lolliver, there we go, Tolliver, Tolly. Tolly. Uh, whoa. Oh my god. Oh wow. Tolly, you know, Diggle no, 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 no more of this click stuff, okay? No more of the. No, we're not doing this. Okay, but, no, but Louie, bring on the Louie. Bring on yeah. the Louie. Wait, and this, this scene, oh, sorry, this scene really, really opened up, like, one of the subplots of the series. This kind of love triangle between Tommy, Laurel, and Oliver. Yeah. yeah. And, and I think, you know, it was in a, I think it was presented, you know, started in a good way. Like, you know, it, you know, it, you know, like it didn't come out, you know, it, it was, it, it was just well done at the beginning. So, and also did anyone notice, like, you know, because, you know, the black leather and so on that um, Tommy was wearing as well, it was kind of an illusion for me for, for Merlin. Yeah. Just, oh, just because, yeah. Just, just because, um, you know, like, you know, I'm sure in the comic he wears some, you know, type of, you know, Leather tight suit and so on, like and on small when he had like you know, he was wearing leather so like you know it was to me it was like a little bit of an illusion because you know here's you know a guy who's trying to be you know he he wants to be a good guy for for Laurel and you know but at the meantime you know like you know it was just like an illusion an illusion to me I just wanted to see any of you guys picked it up picked it up as well absolutely well, yeah. I I, I... Yeah. According to what when we talked to Mark Guggenheim in the interview, he said illusions with Tommy really start picking up in episode six. So look for that because yeah. if you thought if you thought this was an illusion, apparently episode six is going to be bigger. So can't yeah, wait for that. And, and up until this point, like Tommy, like has said that he really wants to be with Laura, but we, we're not sure. But I think this is the thing of not. Laurel, from Laurel's standpoint, not like like getting with Tommy just so, because he he's Oliver's best friend, but the fact that like okay, you know you've been nothing but nice to me so far. I'll give you a shot, Merlin. Yeah, absolutely. Um, back at the auction, Oliver, after having a brief confrontation with Detective Lance, meets with Diggle and makes sure that he has eyes on everything. And it's awesome because Oliver has that little line about. Deadshot dead uh, not making his move yet. And he's like, what? And he's like, oh, I yeah, heard it on the radio. I was, <laughs> I was confused as well. Like, you know, what, like, wait, what? Did I miss something here? I know. I, I was afraid I missed the scene. I'm like, and then he goes, nope, it's heard it on the radio. I'm like, oh, okay, that makes sense. Oh, that, that reminded me in the dark, the dark night when uh, Bruce Wayne bashes his, like, um, Lamborghini and yes. that one dude. That one guy that everybody's trying to kill because the Joker said he's going to blow up a building. When he goes to Commissioner Gordon and says, what? I didn't do anything. I was trying to, just trying to get to the light. Yeah, that was awesome. It's, it it's is a lot funny. like that. That is awesome. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Oliver then meets up with Walter real quick and expresses his concern about losing him, especially after losing his father. And not really necessarily for Oliver, but more for Mora. 
And Walter assures Oliver that if Mora was concerned about it, she wouldn't have come, and she definitely wouldn't wouldn't have brought Thea with her. And then Oliver kind of freaks out because he wasn't expecting Thea to be there either. What do you think was it? Did anyone just go like, "Oh, what if Thea came, you know, walked into the room, you know, like and Mora, like you know, got happy and everything?" Oh yeah. Yeah, I was thinking, I was thinking, like, you know, of course everybody that he cares about is here. That's standard. No, but, no, 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 but I, no, no, but I, you know, skip, you know, screw that. Like, you know, I was, I was, you know, what, as far as, you know, between the thing that was going on between Mora and Fia, like, you know, it was an ah moment when Fia came because more than anything, she was going to show up. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, totally. It was a nice little payoff. Yeah, but I guess what you mean. Uh, Um, So then we see that Oliver walks over to Mora and Thea and signals Diggle telling him that he needs to get his family out of the building immediately. And at that moment, Lance spots a sniper point on Walter and quickly tackles him before the ground before, you know, the shot, before things go crazy. And then Lawton starts shooting up the entire place, which is crazy because you see people like falling and blood everywhere, and it's like yeah, you what? literally see people get shot here, ladies and gentlemen. It's not just like one or deadly one shots. Person, yeah, it's like it's like one guy gets in the back, one dude gets in the shoulder. Yeah, there's like a girl who gets taken out in her like knee or something. It's yeah. it's crazy. Like people are falling down everywhere, and you know, and then Oliver runs up the stairs. After... Reminds me of my birthday party just recently. No, I'm kidding. Whoa. Where did you go? Um, stars. Think of prison, y'all. Yeah. You should, you should, you should see our um, St. Patrick's Day party. Whoa. I need to be invited to that one. Uh, yeah. Oliver then runs up the right. stairs and grabs his arrow gear out of a trash can, which is awesome that he has, like, little stashes of places everywhere. Yeah, but there's one thing I need to point out, and it was actually pointed out by one of my friends-slash-colleagues at um, Crickmosite who reviews um, Arrow, and he was I think actually... you're going to say the same thing, Andy, because... No, you, you, no, you're just going to say that, say that because you're going to steal, you know, my father, but okay. Uh, no, but one of the... Uh, Derek um, pointed out, um, Derek Gale... Out in the history, like you know, it was kind of odd that he, um, like you know, like really would he really had had time to you know pull up put on the makeup and everything, you know. Okay, I was I was gonna say something else. I was gonna say something else. Well, what are you gonna say, Will? I was I was thinking like I was thinking like there's probably a deleted scene for this when the video comes out like next year. Of like some homo- some homeless dude just like looking at, in the garbage can looking for plastic bottles and says, "What's this bag doing here? What is this green? What are, what are all these green things? That's Anybody a, else seen this? That's a bad hey? outfit. Yeah. Wait, wait, what did you say, Michael? That's a bad outfit. Where the, the, the dude from Batman Begins, this is some nice green clothes. It's a nice, it's a nice hood. No, but... It's a nice hood. Nice coat. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you failed this city. But I'm okay, thinking, I, I, why did you put it in the garbage can? Couldn't you really put it somewhere less conspicuous because somebody could have just looked 
like some minions guy could have looked in the garbage can and like accidentally thrown away his Grilocos. Yeah, but who would have looked in the garbage can? Like honestly, who looks in garbage cans for crap? Well, I'm just saying, I, I know a lot of maintenance guys, and a lot of maintenance guys don't even look in the garbage can. What if he just accidentally, like, threw it away in his uh, dumpster? What would he do then? He would have been screwed. Yeah. But, um... I, I found the, the quote, and it was like, you know... Like, yeah, it was like, you know, it's, it wasn't, like, a little bit weird, like, you know, he had time to, you know, put on this makeup and so on while catching a shooter. Yeah. Yeah, like I agree. I mean, and, and, uh, you know, even if it, if it didn't delete scene, like you know, it would it won't make sense at, at all, like you know, because like you know, makeup take takes time, guys. Well, okay. I don't have any, I don't have any experience from that, but I'm like you know, I just know that you know it's it, you know you can't just you know pull on like you know a mask like that, but you you know run you know ca- trying to catch like a shooter like that shot. Well, okay. I would say I would go along with the 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 paint because the other stuff I can understand, but there's no way you would have to run into like the bathroom or get a mirror and put that paint on. Okay, but can I say this? He did no. have he did. <laughs> okay. Okay, I will I will turn the Skype call off. No. Ouch. Oh yeah. Let's just mute. Let's just make a penny. It's just mute Penny. You do. Re- he, he called us. We can't mute him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can't mute me. I called you. No. Um, I, I was so. Michael, this is just my, my my pathetic attempt at being funny. So, no, sorry. What were we going to say? I was going to say, he has his hood on the entire fight scene. It doesn't come off once. Could the outline around his eyes actually just be a shadow from the hood in this yeah. fight? Because you could pass it off as that and be okay. Yeah, I could see your point there. Because it never comes off in this fight. Like, this one specifically, I looked. Well, it's kind of like Indiana Jones's hood. Never comes... Or his hat, I should say, never comes off. Yeah. And when it does, and when it does, yeah, where I guess it catches it, so... So, I mean, it makes sense that it really could just be the outline in at least this fight scene of the... Uh, shadow from the hood. I guess. Because when we see him save Diggle, he's not wearing any paint on his face. And he's still in the suit. Well, maybe he's oh, you mean before, before, when he, before he gets to the Arrow Cave? No, yeah, no, when he's at the Arrow Cave. Yeah, yeah but, like, but, but when he wakes... Do you mean like when Diggle wakes up and everything? Even before Diggle wakes up. So, I mean, and when but Diggle do- and when Diggle does wake up, he's still wearing the arrow suit. Oh no, we just confused Andy. It's true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's all Penny's fault. No, it's my fault. <laughs> no, no, but like, we're just let's move on. Like we we're on makeup for God's sake. Okay. So Arrow and Deadshot have this really cool fight, and they're shooting arrows and bolts from side to side, and there's this awesome hand-to-hand combat stuff. And then Deadshot gives this little monologue about how they're similar. And Arrow's like, I only take lives when it's good for the good of others, and Deadshot only takes them for money. And then Deadshot hears a noise, he fires a gun, Arrow turns around, fires an arrow, gets him right in that little eyepiece, 
And no, yeah. No. Here's some conjecture from people on the Krypton Zay forums. They're thinking that he's not really dead. That's my opinion. I don't think he's dead either because. Unless his, that arrow reached his brain, right? Something to that effect. And I'm not trying to say that to be gross. I'm just saying, like, unless that like, only hit his eye. And even though he could still be alive. Well, okay, and the thing is, in the comics, Green Arrow has stabbed Deathstroke in the eye, and Deathstroke is still living. So if Deadshot, I mean, it went through his glass thing, so it already it already broke some impact. It could have just hit his eye. Yeah, and then he just needs to wear that eyepiece for, like, everything else. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, that's the worst-case scenario. And plus... I mean, remember in the it's pilot... Like it's dead shot. It's dead shot, like, you know. You yeah. don't bring on the character and kill, kill him, like, after one episode. No. I'm sorry and, if I interrupted you, like, you know, but, like... And Oliver leaves. Shot, and Oliver leaves with Diggle because, I mean, Diggle was shot, and he knows that the bullets have poison, so he leaves. So we don't even see Deadshot be taken away. And that's, the, and, that's the, and that's the argument a lot of people a lot of people are making on the forums and just online in general. Like you do not bring a character like Deadshot in and just kill him off in one episode. And if you do, uh, okay, but like why bring a great character like that early, this early, and just kill him off in that episode? It doesn't make any sense. And also, um. It was, uh, I think one of the producers said on an, an, an interview, like interview about that shot that you know that we might, you know, it's oh, it might be possible we will see him again. So well, and that might be just hinting at the Andrew Diggle stuff. Yeah, that's yeah. that's the only thing with that is yeah, that might I be. Hope, I hope he will be back because that was a you know that was a great. Well, I, I think like, Oliver. I think Oliver needs to build up his own rogues gallery. Precisely, precisely. And the and the the thing is, oh I was just gonna say, and the thing is with Deadshot and Arrow, is Deadshot wasn't wrong. Arrow does kill people. I mean, it's a really interesting concept of their rivalry because they both do kill people, but I mean, one is for a different reason than the other. Yeah, it's like the, the, the two different sides of, of one of the one same coin. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, like you know, because you know, Deadshot, you know, as horrible as Deadshot is, like you know, he was right. Now uh, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you had something to say. I re- I really going back to the thing before the fight. I really liked how. The, Oliver did show some actual concern for his family before Deadshot showed up. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I really like that. That was good. Um, I like I, I like the risk on the gun, by the way. Sorry, like but it was so. It know, is I might so even cool. Go back and start, start reading some comics about Deadshot, Deadshot now because that that's something that I could, you know, read for Amazon because that's so. He's he's, yeah. he's one of the stars in the current Suicide Squad comic, Andy. So anyone who wants to is, is it good as um, because I I wasn't in I wasn't as much in the the pre fifty two uh, as I am in the new fifty two. Like you know, is the new version still good as the the previous one? Now, I it's hard for me to answer that because honestly, I haven't read enough issues. 
I know Deadshot is one of the main characters in the current Suicide Squad book, and I know Harley Quinn is, and there are a few others. I've heard it's pretty good. I've heard it's pretty good, but I don't, I haven't read enough of it. So, I mean, if you guys want to check that out, if you want more, more Deadshot stuff, go read the current Suicide Squad book. I can't promise it'll be good or not, but I mean, check it out. Well, if, if it's not good, I'm going to blame you. Well, that's fine. <laughs> to, whatever you well, want. We're moving, on, we're moving on to the last part of, yes. part of the episode. I, very much Rachel Dawes and um, um, Bruce Wayne from Batman Weekends Racing Against Time to Find the Cure. I know you're... My, my you're friend. Is the, mine is a real... Hey, guys, don't forget the flashback scene. Yes. He really does not like the Nolan stuff, does he? Because I've seen his comments on Twitter that I've made paralleling some of the the, the new stuff, comic book-wise stuff, live-action stuff, to Christopher Nolan. He hates it when people make those parallels, does he? I don't know. I don't know why he does, to be honest. I, I haven't talked to him much about the Dark Knight stuff. I talked to him about Arrow and stuff. I so. understand why he feels the way he feels, because Nolan gets a lot of credit. Well, here's why Christopher Nolan gets credited for a lot of the things that he does. He's the first guy in a long time that got stuff right. Yeah. That's why he... I mean, I, I should have made, made that statement. He's the first guy to do superhero hero stuff in a long time, live action, that got stuff right. That's why he gets the credit he does. And you know what? He deserves that credit. I, I don't care who, who likes it and who doesn't. He deserves that credit. I agree. But I do think I do think that coining the term Nolanizing it, I, I don't necessarily like that. Be well, at least, not M at least you're not M. Night Shyamalan-ing it. That's all I'm just going to say about that. That's true. That's true. I'll give you that. But, um, I don't think that, you know, I like, you know... You know, this show, you know, the producer said, like, this sounds like, sound like, you know, they were inspired by the Nolan take on Batman for the show. Like, and I like it. Yeah. Well, they, they even said they are inspired by it. So, I mean, obviously it is. But, um. Yeah, that's, I, that's just what it said. Yeah. I, no, get, I know. I get people not liking it. I, I get people not, like, using his name as a verb. But, hey, look at it this way. At least he got stuff right. That's why I give Nolan the credit he does. That's true. Push yeah. But um, before, before we get to the big scene, the flashback actually takes place real quick before it. And it's all right. But Oliver is cut down from the trap by his new mysterious friend and bodyguard kind of guy. And it's taken. <laughs> yeah. It is quickly taken away. And then a bunch of army or marine troops come and scan for scan the area before leaving. And it's kind of weird because why would there be other people like that on the island unless maybe it's a U.S. Suicide Squad training facility or something? It's the League of Shadows. I think it was Deathstroke, actually. It, I'm sure it's Deathstroke because, because I mean, he's coming. We, but... it, has to, it has to be Slade Wilson because I mean, you don't 
put his mask in the pilot would be like gonna pay him off sooner or later. I have to think that we're gonna see him before the hiatus. Like the episode before the hiatus. Well he is in well I'm not I don't know if it's about Don't don't, wrong don't, wrong don't say spoilers, Andy. Don't who doesn't want to okay. be spoiled? Well, you know what? That doesn't. Well, that wouldn't surprise me though. Like those kind of spoilers, that wouldn't surprise me. Let's just say he's appearing soon. Yeah. Okay. Okay. That works. That works. But um, yeah. So back in the present, yeah. Like uh, like we were saying before, Oliver takes Diggle to the arrow cave, and he's racing to save the antidote. And then and then Dig wakes up, and he sees that Oliver is Arrow, and that's how the episode ends. No, he's thinking. He's thinking to himself, "Damn, I thought that was it was gonna be Tommy Merlin." <laughs> he was like, "I thought you were Tom Welling." What? No. What? What? Wait, so you, we went from did, did we just go from Tommy Merlin to Tom Welling? You, I so, don't know, so, did we? So, so you're not Dinah's friend Joanna. Dinah's friend Joanna. Oh, <laughs> if it was Joanna. <laughs> Oh, we would have been recording the episode that night. Are you kidding me? That would have been, yeah. Something, something that I would expect, like, you know, Diggle to say, you know, like, you know, when he woke up, like, you know, like, oh my god, what what kind of stuff did you give me? Like, you know, what? <laughs> what was like, I just you know, And really all that looked like to me was the stuff that you find in, like, Benny Hanna's that say you sit next to your meat. <laughs> like, the stuff, the stuff they use for the cure. Yes. It actually looked more like a drug than it did a cure. Yeah. But, it can, can, but by the way, can we talk about it for one second? Like, you know, what the, what was that? Because they never explained, like, you know, like, you know, take it, take it, take it, drink it. Like, you know, what is it? Like, you know, it, it's some sort of, you know, because I kept, I kept thinking it was something like, it was actually something from Green Arrow Year One. That, um, oh my god, what's her, what's, her, what's her name? That woman who's pregnant. I forget her name. I don't think she has a name. But anyway, yeah, um... chick who is pregnant? That's, that's the name we use. That's, that's the name we use for, like, half the girls in our high school. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what I would actually call... What I would actually just use her name, because I was good at remembering, remembering names in high school, but, um... But this name, this woman, um, you know, she was, you know, taking care of Oliver when he was wounded, like, you know, with, and he, she was giving her some, giving him some kind of drug that, you know, was good for, for healing or something. And that was what I thought was, uh, being alluded to here in this episode. But I like, didn't really, really never explain, like, you know, what it really was. Did you guys? As far as, as far as the guy in the dark hood goes, I have to think that he's going to be like. Raj, Raj al Ghul in terms of like in terms of like Oliver's mentor that like turns his back on him kind of like um, Vortigan in Smallville but I don't think he's going to turn his back on him that's the difference I don't think well, he's, he's going to well he's going to get killed that, that's the other thing I was going to say yeah he'll he's be like he'll, he'll be more like Yinsen than Raj al Ghul yeah oh Yinsen I think that's how he, they, yeah that's what I said his name in Iron Man that's yeah. what I said yeah so. You said Jensen. I said Jensen. Okay. You're uh, Swedish. But, uh, but for some reason he's Arab. Huh. Okay, but like the fi- yeah, the final image is he's uh, Diggle sees Oliver. 
in the Arab costume. And with, you know, when, no that, when, when that scene was done, I, you know, I just stood up and applauded because, like, I I said, what a cliffhanger. That's what I was thinking during like, during that scene. And this is just for Michael and I because we're sticklers. This next thing, it it wasn't in the episode. How awesome was that Green Arrow DC logo at the end, Michael? Yes. With the the the, the thing in the crease, and you see Green Arrow in it. How awesome was that? I know you hate that logo, originally the new DC logo. How awesome is that? It's very awesome. I. And you, to be you honest, mean the green DC comics, you know, the, the green. Yes, at the very end. Yeah, yeah, that was nice. That was, that was very nice. And, and I really did hate that logo originally. I really did. I'm starting Same to here. warm. I'm starting to warm up to it a little bit. I I understand it now, and I like how they're using it in their media. I think it works. Yeah, if if, if they use like like. A Superman logo like that for Man of Steel or something like new for Batman or for Green Lantern doing that? That's fine. Do it like that. Absolutely. And, How and would they Kirk, do that with Superman at least? Like, you know, like just make it like uh, red and blue? Yeah. No, you can, you can, or you can make him in the suit just put the shield and his like head. Yeah, you could do something like that. It would be yeah. really cool, but um. Correct me if I'm wrong. Before we before we go on, the green arrow in that logo isn't that the green arrow in um Kingdom Come? It looks like Alex Ross. No, I believe that green arrow is actually the green arrow from the comic that it's featured during the Brightest Day arc from right before the New Fifty Two. Oh, okay, because it looked like Alex Ross. No. Sidebar, we're not gonna take too much time with this. Why do you hit that logo for for those of for those of you that are wondering? Why did you hit that logo, Michael? I hated that logo originally because yes, DC relaunched their series and yes, they relaunched their company pretty much, but the logo looked way too corporate. It looked like a band-aid, and I just they changed their logo in 2006 to the one with the star, and now they're changing in 2011 to a Band-Aid. It doesn't make yeah, sense. I, I agree with you. I didn't like it as well when it came out. I, you know, I remember I went to the comic book shops in Sweden, like, every week I was going to pick up my comic. In the first week, with a new logo, I was, you know, I, I said to the comic book shop, um, comic book shop owner, like, you know, you know, I hate this logo. And he was like, you know, I agree, I don't like it at all. And here's the, the first here's six the issues. Logo. Here's my two cents with the new logo. I hated it as well until we saw that Dark Knight Rises trailer with the 3D effect with the logo. Okay, I'll the give you that. I'll give you that. That was pretty cool. That was pretty yeah, cool. Shit got real there. Oh <laughs> well, yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. A little boy sings, and because of his singing, an entire stadium fell. I would say, can you sing? Okay. And yes. out. In and yes. out, please. In and out. Yes, for those who don't know, Andy's voice was actually used for the Dark Knight Rises, the national anthem part. Yeah, yes. the kid actually can't I, sing. I, I was actually, I was actually sick that week when the trailer came out. <laughs> I, feel, I think I was sick when it, when it came out. Oh, I thought you were, oh, were going to say you were sick so you couldn't do that scene. That's what I was like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, if I had been able to be on the set and be an extra for the Dark Knight Rises, you know, my life would be a bit Scene of somebody flipping you up and it's Craig Burn. 
Wow. Craig, never that to me. <laughs> uh, yeah, right. Yeah, right. We know it happened. No, no, no Craig, no, Craig, Craig would never do that to me. You, you, you just wish he didn't do that to you. And he's holding up a sign. We're friends. And he's holding up a sign saying, "It should have been me. It should have been me, Nolan." <laughs> wow, we are getting way off topic. But um. There's one more thing about that logo. I hope they use that every episode now. Yeah. They have to now. I need to. I'm, I'm looking for that logo. I need to find that little picture because that is too cool. Okay. Um. Some uh, an overall uh, reaction of this episode. It was. I thought. I thought it was a great episode. You know, all you know, the free first episode has been great. Like you know, it keeps getting better and better. The action parts. You know. Yeah. Same and all. The, you know the whole dynamic between the. You know the the. the Friends and the the, parents, the the family and everything. You know, I think, you know, this is you know this is why it got he got a full pickup for for his first season. So I agree. Yeah. Plus yeah, all the I DC comics stuff as well. I didn't mention this at the beginning, but I should have. Like, I I apologize. Like, oh, quite any. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I could have made that a lot more colorful, but I chose not to. Kidding again. Okay, uh, go on. Aaron getting picked up this early really means two things. One, CW knows that they got a hit on their, their hands. Secondly, um, they know that they're really trying to reap CW trying to rebrand themselves with the series, and and that's why like much like Smallville was in its early years for the WB, it was like the lead lead show for it was now the lead show for CW, and really shows do not get picked up before their first hiatus in their first season. No. Because the same day, uh, like, you know, Justin Harder's series and Kristen Krug's show, I think they got, like, you know, they got additional scripts. But not, you know, extra episodes. It's like, so every- weird seeing, it's so weird seeing Harley in, like, hospital scripts. I've never seen I'm, that I'm, show. I'm, 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 not, I'm, not, I'm not watching that show. I've only seen promos, but it's so weird seeing him in, in like, Dr. Dan. I, I show can't just watch look, it. I can't do that, it. That show just looks weird. Yeah. But the Beauty Beast looks this weird as well. Apparently, that's actually not as bad as people. It's <laughs> not. I, okay, Soapbox Mountain right here. I watched the Beauty and the Beast pilot. It was not How that was bad. It? it was not that bad. I actually kind of enjoyed it, I'll be honest. The thing is, the thing is, there's a best friend on the show who's a lot like um, Laurel's best friend on Arrow, who I just want to die the entire time. Oh my god, just leave, 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 no. <laughs> But other than, other than that, other than that, it is not that bad. I mean, Chris and Krook obviously is still kind of flat, but I mean, it's it's not that bad. It has potential. I don't know if she's really like that as an actress, or that's what like the directors tell her to do. I don't know, but regardless, because I will, I wouldn't be surprised if either. Not criticizing Kristen Kirk at all, but I'm just saying, like, who's listening to this podcast right now? You're just gonna listen to it and like be like, oh my god, I'm never gonna be on this show if they ever ask me. Oh, oh it's Kristen Kirk, I love you. Oh, but it, but anyway, like. Going on Beauty and the Beast for a 
interest. I don't know. I don't watch Person of Interest. Same here. I was like, you know what? I was like, what? But, but, but you know, like I said, you know, Arrow was like the only show that got picked up this early, you know, while the other shows just got by, like additional scripts. Well, Arrow got hyped big time by oh, yeah. CW. Like, even when it was announced, it got big hype. Well, like, like I said, thing from like Warner Brothers that actually got like big screen time at Comic Con. Well, and like I said on our yeah. pilot episode, Wu, it's the only pilot this year that wasn't actually free on iTunes. It's the only one you've actually had to pay for so far. Oh, that made, oh I didn't know that. I oh, said that on I, our pilot. I actually was looking for that on iTunes, but I couldn't find it anywhere. That makes sense. He just dropped, he just dropped a knowledge bomb on your ass. Oh, yes. But, yeah, um... He dropped, I'm not, he dropped I'm not very a few person. of those. He drops very few of those. No, but, like... Yeah, I get what you mean, Michael. Like, you know, th- this you. was like you know a big hype one, like since Comic Con, and like I'm, s- I wish I would be able to go to that panel because it would have been so cool to see on the big screen. But actually, here in London, um, they had like a screening, um, the se- the day when Arrow premiered here in London, and I mean the UK, they had like a, a screening for 15 people. Like, they-, they would give out free tickets for on a website, and it was like a- they would could- they had it on a big screen in a cinema. That's awesome. For 15 people. And they would get, like, free Arrow comics and, like, you know, drinks and everything. It was, you know, this show is hyped. It's been hyped everywhere. And it, and it on- is. And honestly, I don't think we're going to see anything from Warner Brothers, like, slash DC live action-wise for a while. I think the only other thing we might see is Eric Kripke's Dead Man, if that ever gets any further. But, but and maybe Amazon. Or... Andrew Kaisberg's Boost of Gold, or, or Amazon, or the Fox's development on the Spectre, or Jeff John's Blue Beetle. Beetle. Is that still in development, the Boost of Gold Blue Beetle stuff? I think so. Was, like, scrapped. I the think Blue it Beetle, is. I think it's dead, but the Boost of Gold thing, um, well, because Andrew Kaisberg said that he was, um, when I think Craig talked to him, or some, some I think it was some interview, like, he was just about to head in the script to the Cypher Network. Yeah, okay, sci-fi network, okay, that makes sense. That would not work in, like, the big five networks, I don't think. No, it wouldn't. I don't wouldn't. think that would work. Like, that character, not that I don't like that character, but that character is way too cheesy to, like, you to know, do a... I remember, you know, I, don't, I know, you know, I guess you, you edit this out later, like, you know, remember that tweet I made, like, you know, about, you know, my dream schedule on the CW? Yes. I would love that. It'll never happen, but... Oh, thanks for crushing my dreams, but okay. Yeah. Honestly, and this is not me, like, bashing on the CW. I cannot believe that the CW is still around. <laughs> I can't either, but regardless... It's true, like, you know, because look at the ratings. I can, I can... I mean, forget the ratings. I mean, like... I mean, I understand... I, I understand demographics. Ratings don't mean... Because there's a big difference between CW's ratings and NBC's ratings. Things like get ratings like on the CW would never make it one more week on NBC. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, uh, anyway guys, we should be moving yeah. on. Yeah, we should move on. Sorry, sorry to them. I'm never going to be on this show again, I think. Oh, of, course, oh, of course you are. Of course you are. We're just yeah. going to meet. We're just going to meet you every time. Lone Gunman was a great episode. Absolutely. Basically. I think probably my favorite so far. 
if, I if I go to, that far. I have to disagree a little bit here, because I give it a solid 4 out of 5, re-watching it, because a lot of the best stuff in the episode, except for the very end, made you feel like a little bit, the episode was a little bit too long. I think, it it, a, I think in terms of episode standalone, it was my favorite. Yeah, episode standalone was my favorite. Um, I I I like the episode, but I felt like the episode was already wrapped at like episode. I mean, like at the like thirty-seven minute mark. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like those extra five minutes felt a little tacked on. Yeah, I I can understand. <laughs> but yeah. um, now we are getting. Not, 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 not a bad episode though. I'm just saying like the Great last episode. few scenes, those last few scenes, like they didn't need to go as long as they did, and they felt a little long. I disagree. I disagree with you. But I'm not, you know, we should we shouldn't go too deep into into it. Because yeah. we'll be stuck in forever. Oh, oh, oh no, this is just my point of view. I mean, I don't. I mean, you don't have to agree with me. That's fine. I mean, I'm not. will. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not looking for anybody to agree. I just say like the first time I'm, I was with you guys. The second time I was like, man. This episode was, like, really strong the first 20 minutes, and then it kind of flattened out after, like, the 30-minute mark. Which is fine. Absolutely. Yeah, which is fine. Um, yeah. So now we're going to transition on, and we're going to... I'm going to briefly insert Dan and Nico's thoughts on this week's episode of Arrow. Uh, I'll do Dan's first, and then I'll Those follow guys. it by Nico's. And their thoughts are actually very interesting, and here they are, guys. Hey, Michael Wu. Good ATA listeners everywhere. It's Dan, and here are my thoughts on this week's episode of Arrow. Basically, Lone Gunman was a fantastic episode that made this show feel like it just keeps getting better, while setting itself up for the long haul. Because in the first season and beyond, through Oliver making plans to put a nightclub over his hideout, more backstory about the bodyguard Diggle, and getting to see Laurel kick some butt like the superhero she's destined to become. The only thing missing here was seeing a hint of the darkness inside of Tommy that will turn him into a villain because he seems like too nice of a guy right now, but I think that's coming. Now, with all the stuff I mentioned that made this episode great, there were two things that made me kind of disappointed. First off, why the heck would you kill Deadshot? He's an insanely popular DC Comics villain. Could the possibility for awesome guns blazing, arrow shooting fight scenes like we got in this episode were limitless for the show. So why take them away from us? Also, I don't know if you guys spotted it, but I think Deadshot had the name Andrew Diggle tattooed to his chest, making me think he was the one who killed Diggs' brother. But now that he's dead, I guess that's not the case. The other issue I had with the episode is I'm kind of on the fence on if it was too soon for Dig to find out Oliver has been acting as a vigilante. I guess if we went a while without Dig figuring out the secret, he would look stupid, like the police on the 60s Batman. But Dig playing dumb about what Oliver was doing, but going to the bathroom, provided some great comedic relief for this show. And I'm not sure if the writers should have given that up just yet. Again, Dig waking up to find Oliver unmasked was a great cliffhanger that made me unable to wait for next week. So if they wanted to use Shock Factor to end this episode, they sure did a great job. And with that, I'm going to wrap up my thoughts on Arrow for you guys by saying that the news of 
this show getting picked up for a full season has me excited to see Oliver's transformation into a vigilante in the island flashbacks and face the challenges ahead of him, including Tommy's turn to the dark side and Thea potentially going off the deep end once she finds out her mother was responsible for their father's death. So if you haven't gotten on board already, come on and ride the arrow train and ride it. Woo, Kim! See you guys. Have a great show. Arrow is the breakout show of the year, much like Person of Interest was for us last year. Arrow has done this by following the successful Nolan model of a darker, more realistic green arrow than we saw in Smallville. Also, Arrow has introduced a number of green arrows' familiar supporting cast from the comics, many of them drastically altered from how they appear in those comics, sometimes to varying effects depending on the character. So, it was only a matter of time before the show started turning its attention to other DC heroes and villains. The pilot episode included a cameo of Deathstroke's mask, and while that master assassin won't be appearing just yet, another expert marksman did make his Arrow debut this week, Deadshot. The Deadshot scene here bore only a superficial resemblance to the one made popular by the Suicide Squad comics, and many viewers have complained that without his trademark handlebar mustache, even the superficial resemblance only went so far. But what really bothered me with this iteration of Deadshot was that he was massively underdeveloped. The episode never bothered to explain Floyd's motivation for tattooing the names of his victims on his body. Was he keeping a running tally of his accomplishments, sort of like Batman's Mr. Zazz? Or was there some sort of ritualistic element or moralistic aspect involved? We never found out, and unfortunately never will, since Oliver managed to shoot the villain dead in their final showdown. And I guess if they're gonna kill Deadshot in this episode, then Green Arrow needed to shoot him right through his eyepiece to make it count. In this episode, Deadshot certainly had an aura of cool going for him, and I was disappointed that the writers didn't leave him an opening for a return appearance later in the series. Deadshot's professional respect towards Ollie could have lent a nice color to an ongoing rivalry between the two. The guys at IGN mentioned that it's probably safe to say now that Arrow won't be tackling the actual Suicide Squad as Smallville did in its later seasons since it killed Deadshot in this episode. Now for a little discussion starter from the forums and Twitter sphere. There's been a considerable discussion, both in the comments on last week's episode and elsewhere on the internet, about Oliver loosing arrows on the bodyguards and other security forces of the villains on his list. There is, as has been noted elsewhere and even by you guys on Longbow Hunters, an odd disconnect between the fact that Oliver is targeting the corrupt richest echelon of Starling City, but is leaving them in the hands of the law, and how he seems to have no problem firing arrows into the working class of the private security world, possibly killing them in the process. Process. I'm not sure how I feel about this. I like Batman's no-kill rule, but necessarily we have to assume some of the men that Green Arrow shoots with arrows and f- fall off third-store fire escapes or steps up to the crane at the shipping docks die. Essentially, we don't know who he kills and who is just critically injured. I would say we can assume that none of his victims were killed by the arrows that he loosed due to his immense skill, but we have to assume some die from the falls and by other means. And of course, he did kill Deadshot in this episode. Though, I do think that that will stick with him, and thus we will see the difference between what he has done with the average henchman and what happened with Deadshot. Regardless, I'm loving this series so far, and really enjoying your discussion on this breakout series of the year. Keep up the good work, and hopefully I'll be there next week to join in this discussion, as I hope to guest host with you guys next week. Talk to you then. All right, and we're back from Dan and Nico's short little thoughts. Um, 
Real quickly, Andy and Wu, just to get you guys up to speed, Dan quickly talked about why, or was asking about why they killed Deadshot, and he was also asking about Andrew Diggle, which we kind of, you know, covered on both those things. But he also said, made a good point. Is it maybe too soon for Diggle to know Oliver's secret? No, I think it's the right, you know, because Diggle, you know, I'm sorry, uh, but like, you know, he can't, you know, Diggle is one person he can't hide a secret from anymore. When he, when, when he, when Oliver pulls, pulls things like that, the pull the thing that he did on, um, uh, what was it like, on Walter's auction or something like that, you know, you, you know, Walter has, you know, I mean, Dick is, you know, he knows, he, you know, it wouldn't have taken long for him to discover it himself. You know, yeah. with all of this, you know, mysterious disappearances and like everything, and you know, Diggle is a smart guy. He, he you know, he would have fi- figured it out quite quickly. So, no, it was not too early. It was better that it was better that it was presented this way than you know, Diggle just you know seeing Oliver just put it on the suit someday, like you know, oh, damn, so you're you're the arrow, dude. Uh, I agree with Andy, but like on a different point, I was getting a little sick and tired of Oliver being alone on this. Okay. Because he was he was alone for five years on that island, and for I actually really wanted somebody to find out that he was he was um, Green Arrow, and I was glad that it was Diggle because I didn't see anybody else knowing the secret, and I would have bought it. Like. I, I like the voiceovers, but he really does need to talk to an actual person about this. Okay, absolutely. I I understand both points. Um, then Nico went on to say that uh, he didn't really like that how Deadshot wasn't really developed in the episode, and he felt I he would was. Agree with that. He I felt he would. Agree with that. Yeah, and he felt that he was a little too um, different from his comic book counterpart, including that he didn't like that Deadshot died so early on like Dan said as well, and we talked about earlier. But I, I do agree with Nico. I, I I was a little mad that he wasn't developed as much, but I do think he'll be back. Oh, yeah, but, but he was... Well, at least he didn't have a southern accent this time. Yeah, yeah that was actually nice, because, I, you know, that, I didn't really... It just didn't fit with that job when it was on Smallville, to be honest. You know, it, it just See, didn't... I hate it when people say that, because for me it worked. But... It was... Yeah. It was, it was like, I could accept it sometimes, but you know, it wasn't like it worked, but I was uncomfortable with it at the same time either. Okay, and that's fair. I think that's. I think I'm not trying to speak for Andy, but I think that's what he was trying to say. Yeah, I could be wrong. Definitely valid. Um, yeah. So, and Nico, Nico will be joining us next week, guys. So we'll get to hear his thoughts first on Wu, which will be awesome. Yeah. But so, uh, oh yeah. Okay. Um, did I miss? Did I miss something? <laughs> no, no, I'm doing maintenance on my computer as we're doing recording. Oh, that's the right. Toilet. Okay. Yeah. So, so moving on, we're gonna. I'm gonna quickly go through the tweets sent into our podcast about this episode. Kyle Schultz said, "It's my favorite episode so far. Really love Deadshot." Uh, Brad Bradley Anderson said, "Besides fantastic, Laurel fight scene." Black Canary preview was awesome. Tommy Merlin character with Dinah in the preview of him going bad was awesome because it set up a lot of future stuff for the show. Lumi. Michelle Hurst said, best episode so far. I really, I finally recognized the Ali I know and love, which is awesome. 
Uh, Jay-Z Cost said, really enjoyed this week's episode. Deadshot was cool, and I have my own theory about him and what happened. Can't wait till next week. I'd like to hear your theory, Jay, if you want to send it in to the podcast eventually. That'd be awesome. Uh, Arrow Russia said, I'd say for me, Honor Thy Father was a little bit better than Lone Gunman, which I can understand. And uh, Tony Nindiak said the pilot was still better, but liked the episode. So, when comparing pilot with, um, with you know, episodes that comes after it, like, you know, that's, um, I don't know, it's, it's a weird thing because, you know, the pilot is, you know, such a, you know, standalone, like, you know, episode of, yeah, you know, from every other episode on the entire show. You can't really, so, you can't really compare. Yeah, because, you know, that, that's like, you know, the first episode, it's like, you know, the kicker and so on. Right. But uh, I can understand what he means, so. Absolutely. So. From now, now we're going to move on, and we're going to move on to the digital comic book chapter of Arrow. So those of you who didn't read the comic book chapter or don't have the comic book chapter or are here only for our discussion on the episode, you can fast forward to our closing if you're listening to us in the Enhanced podcast. If not, you just might want to skip over the next probably uh, five, ten minutes because it's obviously not going to be a lot. This uh, Arrow digital chapter is... Chapter 3, entitled China White. And to sum up this chapter for discussion, we see that China White is being interrogated by her superior triad officer for the failure to complete her mission in last week's episode, Honor Thy Father. We find out that her real name, Qian Na Wei, was abused by her father, and one night a man came and killed her parents right in front of her, making her hair, part of her hair turn white. Years later, when she was at school, she stabs a fellow classmate because... She's being called an orphan and doesn't necessarily like it. And then she runs out and meets the man who killed her parents years before and asks him if he's here to kill her. He tells her that she that he also had abusive parents like she did and that no one ever has to hurt her again. So that night he go, she goes, bleaches the rest of her hair white and runs away and then goes to the man to learn how to become a warrior. And that's basically her origin and that's basically what the digital chapter was. So, guys, what do you think about this origin of China White? Because in the comics, we never really got an origin about her. She was really just a drug trading, you know. Yeah, she super was, criminal. you know, she was the bad guy. She was, you know, she was the, you know, the big bad of the whole, the whole story. But like, um, first of all, I'm so glad that she was, you know, called by her real name, um, which, which always seems to, you know, always fails to say in the comic, like, you know, like China White, like, and. No, she and Navi, and like you know, isn't that what I said? And like you know, I'm glad, and I you know, I agree. Like you know, it was actually nice to get a backstory of this character because yeah, you know, she's a major player and so on. Well, and, I mean, I don't know. No, no go, I'm ahead. Sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay, Keep okay. Uh, I don't know how as uh, how much she appears in the um, the other Green Arrow comics after year one, but like she you know, doesn't. I think you know, she's a major player and so on. Like, you know, it's you know, it, you know, a character like that needs. A backstory, to be honest, like you know, because you know, you, you don't make a big bat and just you know, don't give her like a background or something. Yeah. I can. I'll play devil's advocate here. Like, I, 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 I like, I like the idea of origin stories, but for villains, I kind of like sometimes that they don't have origin stories. I. Don't agree with that because villains are the ones and actually needs the origins of it most. Well, I don't not know real, because not real, I think not really because I think well, knowing like, the, the origin. Joker, well, 
Yes, you can. I'm not comparing. I'm not. Comp I'm not comparing them at all. I'm not comparing them at all. But no, no, okay, well, like, you know. okay, I'll go. I'll go the other extreme. Void dark side. Do we need an origin story for that guy? Good point. Can't, can't. I, t I take. I take back. I said. <laughs> well, no, I. Yeah. I don't think. I don't think either one of you are wrong. Because the way it seems that this the digital oh, chapters I'm are going. I'm sick and tired of origin stories. Like, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking origin stories now for a lot of writers is I don't know what I'm doing. Let's start from the let me start from the beginning and I'll just make stuff up as I go along. Yeah, I understand. I I'm kind of getting sick of origin stories too. I mean, I'm looking forward to things like Man of Steel because it's going to be different. But at the same time, I kind of just want them to get into stuff too. And yeah, I think with Arrow... Which is, what the, which is what they're doing with Man of Steel, to be honest, too. That's well, another thing that they're doing. And I, and I think, in a way, with Arrow, they're kind of doing both. I mean, they're slowly showing the origin, which is awesome. But at the same time, he's getting right into it. So I think well, they're balancing it well. For, it's different for Green Arrow because no, he's not really well, as well known as Batman and Superman. Like, if he's not well-known, I get it. But wh why do we need an origin story for the Joker? Like, what like we don't. people are trying to write up? He's he's a demon. He's the devil. He's, I mean, if he was, like, the devil incarnate, that's what the devil incarnate would look like. This psycho-looking guy with, you know, makeup. Yeah. Like, you don't, you don't need an origin story for Toy Man or the Joker or, you know, the Trickster or any of these people. Like, the psycho characters, they're psychotic. Do you really, I mean, would you really be comfortable, like, reading a psycho story? It's like reading, like, a serial killer autobiography. Well, the thing is... Oh, my the, God, that's so creepy to hear. By the way, sorry, that was like, you know... Well, that's what the Joker, the Joker one would probably be like, the one people would accept, too. Because a lot of these origin stories that have been done, a lot of people don't like them either. Well, the thing is, Wu, and I and I do agree with you on that about a lot of the supervillains. But in terms of like a character like China White, I think you almost need a backstory. And well, yeah, I, because you don't really have much to say in the actual episode. Well, right, and I and I honestly like having a backstory of this character because in the comics you only see her in Green Arrow Year One, first of all, and you never see hear an origin about her. So to have like some sort of stable context to put her in, I actually really like. Now. I mean, I think they might do that next week with Deadshot in the next digital chapter. I think they might try and explain him more because they didn't get to in the episode. But I don't know. That's just my prediction. That's a weird thing with a comic. That they, can, okay. they can use a comic to introduce this kind of thing. That's, um, yeah, I like that idea, Michael. Well put. Well, I mean... We didn't get to mention this in the episode, but I'll just mention it right here very shortly before we go. Deadshot's origin story, like, like, like Brainiac's, is very convoluted. Yeah. Because it's been changed. It's been like it's been changed very many times. It's oh, been okay. messed around many times. Like you know, it's been it's gone. I mean. I think Deadshot, Brainiac, and Toy Man are like the three most convoluted like like stories of all, just because they've been played around with so much. No well, pun intended. 
and don't and don't and not that's not even to mention characters like the Joker, Bizarro, Darkseid, even all those other ones that have like semi-definitive origins and then get yeah, other things kept, thrown in. I'm talking about keeping the base, and we're probably going to do a comic book episode here sooner or later for combining DC Nation with all of our other stuff. But, like, it's okay to keep the same base and then go off. But don't, like, do it every three years. Do it in multiple different versions. See, that's the thing with Marvel. When they do different versions, they stay in the same universe and don't leave. Well, that's not actually true anymore, but yeah, it was. It's because they have Ultimate Universe and like... Um... But up until recently, I would say. Up until recently. Up until the 21st century, yes. Yeah, okay, well, now we're just ranting. But, um... But, uh, one thing about um, this little chapter was, um, it was one thing that I didn't really get. How did she her hair turn white because of because that's of her what skin. I was gonna ask. That's what I was gonna ask. It's like, because I, like really, if you you know like said in a real you know real and grounded and realistic world, like you know what would make her hair t- turn white? I don't know, Andy. I've done worse to chicks in my time when they just looked at oh, me. Oh God. Okay. <laughs> uh, Michael, any thoughts on what I had to say? Um, <laughs> what did I say? I think my my reasoning on that, Andy, is she was so scared because she was so young that it just shocked her and her hair turned white. Like, that's it's the same thing kind of like with Magneto. Like, originally, the reason his hair turned white so early on in the comics was because of his experiences with um, concentration camps and stuff like that. And because he was because of what he went through as a kid psychologically and sometimes in real life that's actually the case where people's hair has actually changed color and skin color has actually lightened or darkened because of experiences like that michael i think you would make a great teacher if you in like you know in comic you know comic psychology you know that because that was a good explanation because that makes sense so much not to go on a whole Superman, Superman the movie rant, but um, Richard Donner, the director of the original Superman, had a saying called verisimilitude, which means making the impossible seem to, to, to water it down into bottom line, to make the impossible seem possible. That's what that definition is. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that's what you have to deal with when you're dealing with this kind of fiction. That's why a lot of the bad comic book stories have been like panned just because it's too unbelievable for people to wrap their minds around. Yeah. Yeah. But I think, uh, Michael, he, you explained it very well. So now I get it, you know, because it makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it really is a big psychological thing. I mean, it's kind of the same thing with. Bruce Wayne becoming Batman the moment his parents died. I mean, he was so floored by it that that's all he, like, that's what consumed him. Oh, Lou, are you back with us, or? Oh, no, 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 that was just my computer. Okay, That was cool. just my computer. That was creepy, like, I don't know, what the... We're being invaded! But, I, was, yeah. I, was, I was being contacted, I was being contacted by Jerome. Okay. But, um, yeah, so it, it, it really is just a big psychological thing, and I think that's how they explain it in this, because that's what the make, makes the most sense. 
Um, yeah. Can we talk a little? Uh, since Andy's here, can we talk a little bit about the tra- the the trailer for next week? Because Andy's here. Okay. No, no, we can't because people don't want to be spoiled. Well, yeah. I'm just I'm just saying, like you know, you know what's gonna hit the fan in the next episode. Just looking at well, the trailer. Well, we can talk real briefly after we finish the episode. But let's move, with that, guys, we're going to move on to the closing. Thank you all for joining us on this awesome episode of Longbow Hunters. If you guys want to contact us, you can do that in a variety of ways, including the Across the Airwaves Facebook and Google Plus pages, which Wu, Nico, and Dan update on a daily basis pretty much. You can find us also on Twitter at either at Arrow Podcast. You can find us at Longbow Hunters at Arrow Podcast. Or you can find us on the Across the Airwaves podcast, or the Across the Airwaves Twitter, at Across Airwaves. There's no the, just at Across Airwaves. You can because also it's too long. It's too long to put the the in, apparently, so it's just yeah. Across Airwaves. But, um, Seriously, that's Dan's explanation, and I believe it. It's actually true. I've actually tried changing the name to it, but it doesn't yeah, work. Yeah, and it's too long. It's stupid. But, um... You can cut. No, let's not go there. That I don't want a lawsuit <laughs> going on. <laughs> but um, you can contact Wu on Twitter, and his Twitter via WSK9002. That is WSK9002. And Wu, yes. you, you have a message for anyone who wants to follow you. Um, please, please let me know. Like, please, like, leave, like, a little proviso that, you, that you're an actual person, not spam, so I can follow you. And I just want to say this just for me. My friend's birthday was last week, and I totally mispronounced her name. It wasn't Katrina, it was Katarina, and that's bugged me for, like, the entire week. And I feel like such an idiot, because I am. That was my Howard Wallowitz moment. And Katarina, I'm sorry about that. Both of, both of my constituents here laughed at me. I, I know you guys did. Well, you so, know I did. No, I didn't laugh. When you told okay. me, but I was like, you know, I was like, I'm okay, sure I'm just going to be. Oh, yeah. Okay, Andy's right. Andy's right. He, he did laugh. He was very sympathetic. Well, Penny was from the right. Penny was doing the whole pointing at me, like doing like the gun pointing thing and laughing at me. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Anyway, you can also follow Andy on Twitter, and you can follow him at Samaritan93, correct, Andy? Yes, you can follow me at Samaritan93. Yep. And you can follow myself on Twitter at MJPetty7. That is MJPetty7. You can also email us. laughs at his friends. Yeah, where I laugh at my friends, mainly Woo. MJP. MJP in the house. Um, And you can also email us. Yeah, it's late here, guys. We're getting a little loopy. Yeah. Uh, you can also email us. You can also email us at acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com. If you're going to email us at acrosstheairwaves at gmail.com, please specify that you are emailing to the Longbow Hunters podcast, the Arrow podcast, or to Michael and Wu. And guys, don't forget that our Arrow Special Edition number one contest is still happening because we have about 15 copies left here, and we may get more soon. So, oh, Andy, I sent you to yours to you. It might be a while, but it's in the mail, so don't worry about it. No, no, 
I legitimately oh. sent it last week, so don't worry yeah, about it. Because I was laughing, laughing my ass up because, you know, last week you guys went back and forth with my name at the end of the episode. You were talking about the comment, and you were like, you, uh, you, Michael went like, Andy, then we were like, went Andy, and then you went like at least three or four times regard when you were talking about that comic. And I then think you, our you, connection, I think our connection was bad. I think that, that wasn't a bit, I don't think that was a bit, that was just our own. No, no, it was de- it was it was a bit. I don't know what you're talking about, but um, special special shout out though though to Alex Lynch who actually I need to send his comic to as well. I just haven't had the time. I'm hopefully gonna send it this week, Alex. So I'll be looking for it in your mail in the next week week or two. His podcast name is the man who hates Nolan. Yeah, well, we're gonna lose listeners if you keep saying that. But <laughs> you, but. <laughs> But please forgive me. Please forgive Wu. Yeah. Please, please forgive Wu, Alex, because obviously you and I are. There is no. There is no forgiving me. There is no forgiving me. Um. But yeah. So that contest is still in effect. If you guys want your special edition Arrow comic issue one, you can do that by emailing us at acrossairs at gmail dot com or by calling in and leaving us a voicemail. And the number you can call in is one seven seven three. 809-3363 that is 1773-809-3363 and if you call in please also send us your address via email and we will send you your comic but guys if you're going to send in an email don't just send your address send an actual message to us first and then we'll get you your comic um, you, you know you can give you can you know you can send some hate like you know oh my god that Andy guy was so weird in that episode you should never have it all again yeah, I mean, you could oh, say that oh, and then just put your yeah, address. You can, bash, you can bash me and I can be like, you know, hey. Hey, Andy? Yeah. Andy, how did, you know, how did you know I was writing that email right now? <laughs> well, I'm psychic. Okay. So. Okay, don't get me. So, I was hoping you would say the number, you know, the way you say on the DC No, it's specifically for the DC Nation podcast. I can't cheat on Dan here. That would be a problem. Well, but then come up with a new way because that. You're not telling that, 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 that was like one of my favorite parts of this sh- of that show because you know how the way you say the number and here I thought you would do something special for me. But okay. Oh, that okay, okay. I'll because... I'll say it's special for you then, Andy. Okay. The the okay. number the number you can call to leave us a voicemail is one seven seven three. 809-3363. That is 1773-809-3363. Please calm. That's that made my <laughs> So that made, that made my morning basically. On that note, guys, it's been great. It's been a really fun episode. We've we went a lot a longer episode, than we, a weird episode as well. <laughs> yeah, a weird episode as well. But we went and we went. Done weirder episodes though. Oh yeah, of, yeah but they don't know. Oh, of retro reviews, we've done really weird episodes. Oh my god, don't even get me started on that. But anyway, guys, for our Across the Airwaves hosts, Dan Schmidt and Nico Reifsek, Nico will be joining us next week. I am your host, Michael J. Petty. I am Wu S. Kim. And I am Anna the guy who ruined this episode about. And until the next exciting episode of Arrow. 
or unless I don't see you in the spoiler section after the music. We will catch you guys on the airwaves. Thank you so much for joining us, and have a great night, everybody. Or morning, noon, whatever it is. just heard is the trailer for the next episode of Arrow entitled An Innocent Man. This episode was written by Maura Kurland and Lana or Lena Cho, directed by Vince Missiano. The CW official description reads, Arrow recruits Laurel to help with a case. Oliver still hasn't figured out how he will get back in Laurel's good graces, but a late night bonding session with Thea gives him the inspiration he needs. Looking into a mysterious murder case, Oliver realizes an innocent man, Peter Peter Declan, was framed by one of the targets on his list. As Arrow, he asks Laurel to help prove Declan's innocence. And then meanwhile, Walter asks one of his, his employees, Felicity Smoke, to look into a 2.6 million withdrawal that Mora has made without his knowledge. This episode is very interesting because we don't really have many spoilers for this episode. I mean, it guest stars... Kirby Morrow as Matt Itzosuk? Itzuk? I don't know. TJ Raymini as Jason. Emily Bat Richards as Felicity Smoke again. Colin Salmon as Walter Steele. And Lane Edwards as Peter Duclan. And, I, I mean, honestly, we don't really have many spoilers for this episode. I mean, it's the first episode not written by... Mark Guggenheim, Andrew Kressberger, Greg Berlanti, which is interesting. And originally, the title for this episode was called Salvage. But, I mean, aside from the official description and the guest stars, that's all we know. From what it looks like in the trailer, though, doesn't look like Diggle is very happy with Oliver being Arrow and, you know, killing people the way he's doing. He thinks he's a criminal, which is completely understandable given Diggle's background and some of the backstory we might get with him and his brother and Deadshot and all that, hopefully eventually in the series. So, I mean, I mean, this show's really good, guys. We're obviously really enjoying it because we love to cover it. But, I mean, there are no spoilers for this week, really. And I don't have Dan with me to talk spoilers this week because scheduling stuff just didn't work out and I needed to get the... Spoilers recorded and schedules got mixed up, so it's just me, so I don't really have anyone to bounce off theories with, but honestly, that's okay because there really are no spoilers for this week's episode. Next week's episode, we're going to have more spoilers for because, well, you'll know next week. I won't 
I won't spoil that just yet. But thank you guys for listening to this podcast all the way through. Thank you for tuning in to Longbow Hunters. And thank you, Arrowcast and crew, for being supportive of not only our podcast and being on our podcast, but also for, I mean, doing the show that we love to support and we love to watch now as well. Thank you very much. Uh, Thank you, Craig Byrne from Green Arrow TV for the spoilers. And until next time, guys, we will catch you on the airwaves. Thanks, and talk to you guys later.